What's up? Welcome back. X5 Podcast on YouTube. Like, subscribe, smash that notification bell. How's everybody doing? Today, we've got very, very special guests in the studio. It's a little, little starstruck, right? <laughs> we've got the world famous velcro pygmies what is up guys how are you guys glad to be here we are excited to be a part of this amazing life-changing podcast <laughs> Man, I'm, glad, I'm glad you could be here dang right so real quick too if you notice there's a there's a new guy over there in the seat this is a good buddy of ours he's going to be on the cast from here on out mr david lineham how are you All right. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Can I make a comment about Dave Lynham? Absolutely. <laughs> Dave Lynham, I've known Dave Lynham like forever. Yeah. And David Lynham is without a doubt the best audience ever. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I'm serious. I mean, I'm, that's a weird thing. But if you ever talk to David or he is the most receptive audience you will ever be. And it's it's awesome. Always has a laugh. Always has a fun comment. Just an incredible, incredible yeah. audience. So thank you, Dave. Yeah, that is a thank skill you. that you possess, and it is solely yours. It, it is a very time. hard compliment to take, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I gotta say, I owe Dave Lionel my gig in the pigments. That's true. Man. Oh wow! This this is the guy that made it happen. Yeah, I forgot go. about that. How yeah, that you happen? got me? This I, I got I got a video from Oklahoma. Dave Lionel sent me a video. And we won't talk about the guitar player that we had at that time, right. Bert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I get a video from Dave Lynham that says, "Fire your guy tomorrow and hire this guy." And send, send me a video oh, wow. chase, literally. So I Dave said, Lynham, "If you need if you need somebody that's way overqualified for your job, <laughs> this is the now wait, but wait a minute, you're also responsible." For Delicious. That's right. Delicious. Now, players. I remember Delicious. For Dave sure. Lynham has been responsible for two guitar players in the Velcro Pygmies. Wow. Yeah, right. you, you told me. You, he said, anytime they hadn't taken my recommendation, it just didn't work out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm the legal Zoom of band yeah. guys. Yeah. 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 Dave Lynham has been a very, he's, he's, been, he's filled in with the Pygmies. Mm -hmm. He's played on Pygmy Records. Oh, that's he's, right. <laughs> yeah. He has made uh, recommendations. So Dave Lynham really is a. He's, He's a, an integral part how of many, the Velcro Pygmies. How many, how many members have you had in, in, in how many lineups changes have you had oh in the God, Velcro I Pygmies? Mean, I mean, I can't even. That needs to be a tally that you have. It would be a lot. Your Wikipedia is like, okay, I'm still going down. <laughs> I'm still going down. I'm <laughs> seeing more members. 30 years. <laughs> right. You know, spread out over 30 years. Yeah. People that bailed out on the Pygmies. <laughs> how long have you been with them now? 10 years. Get out Whoa, of here! Man, what, it's point, been that long. I'm, I'm the glutton for punishment. Look, I'm the longest running guitar player, the man. Yep. Wow. Yep. Congratulations. Yep. Hey, he's one photo shoot away from being replaced. Right. Right. You know, every time you do a photo record, shoot, tensions go high. It's done. Yeah. Get, yeah. get merch printed. I quit. Hey guys, uh, did y'all print that yet? Got the pictures? All right. You got it. All right. Cool. I quit. He came right. from a band called the Glitter Boys that we used to see all the time at Rocklahoma, and they never yeah. used glitter. I know, dude. We yeah. just dropped the ball. So, we dropped the balloons. ball. So the pygmies grab, grabbed that up. So now we use the glitter. And I would like to thank, I want to thank this podcast for right now, once and for all, 
once again demonstrating that our hair is absolutely real. Yeah. One hundred percent. I was just about to say I appreciate y'all putting your wigs on for yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> you beat me to it. And I'm infuriated. And based on based on this lighting, I'm going with a Rick James look today. Oh, it's today we're gonna have so a hair pulling episode that to prove that it's not a wig. Damn. What's that? That hair really is real? Yeah. Come pull it. Get him. Come pull it. Yeah, pull it. Let's get your ass out. Let's get a pull. Let's get a camera. They need this because, look. Come on. Let's address the rumors. Oh, shit. Let's address the rumors with a hair. That's real. That's attached. Oh, yeah. That's attached. That's like a wrestling pose. He can go on a bass boat. Oh, the ultimate warrior. He's got good glue. I'll tell you that. You do look like the ultimate warrior. Constantly defend our hair. Oh, like. I was at the gym. And this guy's like, you go to the gym, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally. And this this dude comes up and he's like, man, you look like Ultimate Warrior. I'm like, man, he's probably got like a hundred pounds on me at yeah. least, dude. We've got a ways to go. You go to the gym with your hair like that? I have before. It's just weird though, because everybody's staring. Well, is he gonna fucking go if that's his hair? No, not like that though. Man, why has this weirdo got a wig on in the gym? <laughs> Working out, weirdo. We're we're playing. We're at the hangout playing, and they got that big foam thing there with all the foam. And uh, Chase was running around going crazy, and so he goes gets in the foam and vanishes in the foam, like he's in the foam. And I'm assuming he's gonna come out, and it's all gonna be like. Down, yeah. not at all. Didn't touch that hair, man. <laughs> that phone would, didn't even have a chance against his no. hair. Totally like Scotch did not Garden. affect it the least. <laughs> the Scotch Garden. And we just we need a good hairspray endorsement. Yeah, exactly. We could use white, the pygmies are always looking Aquaman. for endorsement. Always Aquaman. begging, yeah, right. always begging. Well, how do you keep it up? Because I know when I was playing, just a moment of sweat, boom, it was falling. Well, it's just like practicing your guitar licks. You got to like practice keeping the hair He's not going to tell you what he uses because they're not paying him, Bert. Dude, you don't even Yeah, great comes in a yellow can. He's not giving away free promo for a hairspray company, man. It's yellow. It's a yellow can. Y'all can figure it out. Hey, real quick, I want to get back to the hilarious band stories of fun stuff, but I want to touch on a program that you guys are doing. Yep. That that I dig a lot, and actually, you know, we spoke about it. And I was like, I want you to come on. Let's let's talk about this, and then um, see what we can't do to try to, you know, get involved with it. But it's it's reach and teach. Yep. So, dude, the concept's amazing. It's it's one of the coolest concepts I think I've I've ever heard of, like and seen, especially putting music in the music industry back, kind of in young you know, young minds and th- them being able to see it. Tell me a little bit about Reach and Teach. And we actually got uh, via Zoom April Clark with you. So um, if you if you don't mind, tell us who April is. And Well, April is – so let me back up a little, a little bit so they yeah. give you kind of the genesis of where this happened. So April was a teacher in North Alabama at a little small rural school. And she was a uh, she was the sponsor for an organization called Future Business Leaders of America. Right, FBLA. I was a member. And so they had a competition, a statewide competition, and two of her students placed and were selected to go to a national competition. Well, Mm. it was a pay your own way kind of deal. Yeah. And uh, so they had to raise money because the school did not have the financial resources. So she said, "Well, what should we do?" So some of the kids said, "Let's have a concert." So she sent out a bunch of emails to uh, hundreds and hundreds of bands, uh, all of which said no, including us. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because the the email came to our management company and the management company just says typically you know we don't do that sort of thing well i got copied on the email i thought it was a great idea so mm -hmm. i reached out to her and i said look we will do this event for you and help you raise money for these students under these conditions it's a real concert it's in the gym it's lights out it's full production and i want all of the kids to do it i want the kids mm -hmm. to plan it promote it execute it every bit of that so she said okay yeah, we'll make that, we will make that happen. Um, and so we wound up having the event and it was beyond our wildest dreams successful from so many points of view, the way the kids engaged, the way the kids uh, responded to the actual performance, the way the kids were involved in the planning and the promotion. And so we did it at the end of the year. And when we got done, uh, I looked at her, I said, April, you know, we've, we've discovered something. This is organic. We didn't like sit in a born room and come up with this. It actually happened. It evolved. Right. And I said, so um, this has to keep going. We have to export this. Other schools need this. Other schools need to do this. And at that point, um, April took the entire summer and created our curriculum and our concept, uh, the 501c3 um, uh, corporation. Mm -hmm. She developed all that stuff. And so we went into the following year as a real entity and it was this is unconventional it's we're the only organization like it in the entire country nobody else has ever done this um and so and i don't know if, if we're gonna let april take over from here but that's how it started okay uh, and then april took the reins and and really really started to pilot the ship at that point so yeah when uh dustin actually dustin told me about it and uh i got hooked man i, I watched probably i don't know five or six videos and I was watching more last night. I was like, man, this is such a cool concept. Um, how, so how do you pick this? I, I, I would assume at this point, schools are just pretty much emailing you guys to get involved. Well, how, how, we do did, they, how do they reach out to you? The way, the way we did this was we started to present at conferences, right. teacher conferences. So April and I would go to these conferences and we would present to teachers, business teachers, um, people that were in event planning. Uh, it's back in my day, it was called vocational school. Now it's called career tech, it's a fancy name for it. But we would present and teachers' eyes would light up because you know the buzzwords are career tech, project-based learning, hands-on, and that kind of stuff. And what was happening is a lot of the project-based learning was hypothetical. Hmm. So it's like, okay, we're going to dream up a hamburger stand and we're gonna dream this up and it's all hypothetical. And we were presenting something that was real. The kids were really gonna do a concert. It was really going to happen. There was really success, real failure. Um, and it was also doubled as a fundraiser. Right. So we had schools because it's absolutely free. When a school signs up, there is no there is no expense to the school whatsoever as far as our program. The curriculum is free, the customer service is free, the band is free, the production is free, everything's free. And people are like, oh, I know there's got to be a catch. There is no catch. It is absolutely free. And that's mind-blowing to these yeah. schools because we're the again, the only organization of our type that is absolutely free in that space. And so to give you an example, we had a school that that did it early on. The biggest fundraiser the school had ever had was $400. Wow. 
Oh, and wow. in one day, they raised $15,000 with our program. Wow. That's super cool. So it's, oh, it's yeah, life-changing. I mean, yeah. really, it is. Something and you're not speaking about that I think there. is probably undoubtedly a thing is that it also generates interest in kids picking up instruments, right? Yes, of course. Well, yep. the, the, what's, what the thing is, in, in the middle of our show, whenever we're performing, we've got, we have four artists right now. Uh, but... You know, I, I step off the stage and make a big announcement that we're going to inspire everybody and we'll chase through this big overblown guitar solo. And you just see kids' eyes light up. Um, you know, it chases someone that has a totally different perspective on on this whole program because he was sort of subjected to it. Mm. Whenever we came up with it, and I went to the guys and I said, hey, guys, we're going to play a high school. And they were like, okay. Um, he wasn't I, even thinking about the money. He was thinking, this is going to get kids involved in music. Like They're going to so, want to start bands based yeah. on that. Yeah. That seems like overwhelmingly that would be what would give me the most satisfaction. Yeah. Obviously, the money must be great for the school because they're always short of money. Sure. But to get, I, I had a kid last night I gave a pair of drumsticks to, and I could see it in his eyes. I could see it. He's going to start playing drums. Change the lives. Yeah. Yeah. Being a musician, you always think about the, when you started and what it was like. And, um, what made you start? Yeah, and so everybody's first concert, you remember that. It's a big deal, and it was life-changing. And I remember having this feeling like, man, I want to do this for somebody else one day. Right. Like, I want to be mm. up there playing. You're a lot of people's first and, concert. And see somebody, somebody down there in the crowd that gets inspired and wants to do this. Mm-hmm. And doing the reach and teach thing, it's I get to see that all the time, and it's a dream come true. We have kids that uh, that are student performers, so we get kids that play guitar with us, play bass with us, drums, sing, and so they get to come on stage and and literally, it's something they've never experienced. We've got a school where we're going to have a horn section perform with us, um, and it gives them an opportunity to work with a professional like Chase. And learn things that they didn't know because right. in the schools, you know, you don't learn guitar in school. You don't learn bass in you school. You learn recorder. You know. And yeah. so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that gets a lot of tricks. And so this gives, this gives them an opportunity to work with somebody that actually does this yeah. and then put it on the stage yeah. in front of their entire student body. Yeah. And that is such a confidence explosion for those kids. Yeah. I've got a question for April. April, how, how are funds allocated? Is it? Do you, is there any dictation how the school allocates their funds once the funds are raised? Because the school keeps 100% of the profits, there's never money exchanged between Reach and Teach and the school. So wow. honestly, the school gets to use it however they want. Um, you know, some schools use it for educational materials in their classroom or an educational field trip. Um, but then we've had some schools that want to raise money for a local charity. And that's totally okay with us. They get to dictate how they use the funds. That's great. That's great. Well, hey, April, tell everybody about the curriculum real quick. Yeah, so the curriculum is one of a kind because, like you mentioned, Cam, everything is 100% real world. Um, students are working through setting goals, analyzing their target markets, um, creating an event budget, putting together sponsorship proposals, going out and pitching those sponsorship proposals, literally anything that you can think of that goes into creating an event these students are doing. Um, they're having to make all of the decisions. And so what happens is it gives students the opportunity to use this creativity that a lot of them didn't even realize that they have. Um, so it, it truly creates ownership within the class because every decision is made by students. And that's probably one of my favorite parts doing this is going to each of the schools and seeing how different and unique 
each program is because it's made by different students. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It's truly life changing. I I would love to invite anybody else to see what the students create because they're so proud of themselves. We're super proud of them, and it, it it's a it's a cool thing to see in person. <laughs> it, well, it's an undertaking that. When, when, so if there's a teacher watching this podcast right now thinking, oh, it's a great idea, but where do I begin? Well, the way that the curriculum is designed, anybody can execute it. It's not, it's all, and we, we build a lot of things. You can either do the curriculum exactly as it is, or you can add to it to yeah. give it your own twist. Um, and so <sighs> anybody can do this. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you guys this. So you're doing it. This is all free. Yes, hundred percent. So, how does how are you guys able to continue to do this? What do you guys um, do? You, do you take donations from corporate sponsors? Like <laughs> like how how are we how, how are we able to keep this up? Because with the production and all this stuff and all all this time, it's a lot of money, dude. That's a lot of money. <laughs> oh my god! Like it's a, it's. It's free to the schools, but it's not free to do. I can tell you that. <laughs> we, we, are, we are going to success ourselves into bankruptcy, basically, is what we're going to do. Is that sweat equity? Yeah. Sweat equity. <laughs> yes. Um, we do have a ton of amazing donors. All of what we do, like Cam mentioned, is not free to do. Um, but all of our sponsors, all of our donors help keep the program going. So we are constantly writing educational grants and soliciting sponsorships and fundraising so that we can ensure this program continues forever. Um, so to answer your question, we're funded through private donations, corporate sponsorships, educational grants, federal funding, you name it. Um, Giving plasma. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> hey, so do you guys have a Patreon or some way like, uh, we'll put the link in this podcast. So any of you guys that want to go donate to reach and teach, that would be huge. And let's, let's give these guys some help to, to continue to do this program. This is a cool program. We, so, Absolutely. So we have a donation page on our website. Um, our website is www.reachandteach.rocks slash give. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can donate on those social platforms as well. A lot of people don't realize that 100% of every donation through Facebook comes to the organization. There's no fees or anything like that. So that may be the easiest way for people to find us and donate, but we also do have that giving page on our website as well. Awesome. Awesome. It's a, whenever April and I got into this, we never dreamed that so much time when you're in a nonprofit, because you can't sell anything. We can't sell widgets, you know, right. to make money. We can't sell merch or anything like that. So all of the funding has to come from donations. And so you spend so much of your time trying to raise money, and that takes away time that you should be executing no. the the program. And so we've got a bunch of volunteers that volunteer and help to to facilitate that stuff. Otherwise, all we'd be doing is begging for money all the time. We could yeah. never do the good that we do because it's a constant begging. Um, honestly, we're a little surprised that we have not been overwhelmed with corporate sponsorship. And quite yeah. frankly, I cannot believe that it's a slow play. I bet you know I mean, that, that that Microsoft or Apple or Papa John's or somebody has not said, "Holy cow." You know, how do we get a piece of this? Yeah. Um, and that's really been shocking to us. That's been one of the most revealing things that uh, now we'll go into, say, for instance, Regents Bank. 
going to regions and at the at the uh, you know uh, the local level, oh, we love it, we love it, and they write you a five hundred dollar check. But we can never seem to break through right. to those decision makers to get the real money yeah. for us to scale this. We've we've been invited to do this in all fifty states now. Wow, man! But but the logistics of taking the Velcro pygmies and gear and everything out to Washington State yeah. can't do it. No, tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, yes, to, exactly. You know. I mean, people really need to see an expense list for a band. It would blow yeah. your mind how much it costs to get yeah. there and get back. Yeah. And yeah. there's literally at the end when once you get home, you're holding. You had such a large sum of money you were handed, and then you get home and you're holding such Pennies. a little bit, and <laughs> you're like, "How did this quarter. happen?" Yeah. Well, that says a lot about y'all too, because right now it's probably one of the toughest times to do something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, every expense is higher. Everything's oh, yeah. even harder. You would sure. think as success stories roll out, and undoubtedly they do roll out from this, that 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 it will get easier and easier, and it a snowball. And sooner or later, you won't have to have a sales team that goes to corporate mm. people and have meetings. But yeah. man, I I feel you. You've been doing it now for how many years now? Four years. Well, this is this is our fifth year, but for two years we were shut down. Yeah. Now April, who is a genius, took those two years and expanded our program. She went full virtual. So we're one of the few organizations that during COVID actually expanded. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we didn't, our flagship is the concert. So April, you want to tell them about the other programs? Yeah. So we have so many new programs now, like Cam mentioned, because of COVID. Uh, We have a program called Campus Tour where students, they're planning, promoting, and producing a TV show. Um, So that program grew out of the pandemic because everyone was consuming tons of uh, content, still does. Um, but that's a lot of fun because students are still exposed to different careers in the entertainment industry, but they're also learning those business, marketing, entrepreneurship concepts. Um, and then we also have a virtual interview series. On our website, we have over 50 virtual interviews with all kinds of industry professionals in the sports, entertainment, and music industries um, that's readily available with corresponding worksheets that teachers can utilize in their classrooms. Uh, we do a monthly newsletter where we send tons of free content to teachers every single month. We have over 2,500 teachers that we send content to just free, um, whether that's case studies or podcasts or TED Talks, um, substitute teacher lesson plans, just so many things that I remember being a teacher in the classroom and spending hours of personal time just trying to find free resources that we could use. So we take that to teachers just to just to help them out and support them in any way that we can. Uh, and then probably one of my absolute most favorite programs ever Hmm. is last summer we launched the RNT Plus experience and it is a five-day all-inclusive experience camp for high school students to truly be immersed in hands-on learning working alongside industry professionals to produce a huge massive concert so uh, wow. we're bringing that back for summer of 2023 we're very excited about that but um, but yeah it's, it's a lot of fun <laughs> hey, April where, where is this camp held the camp take, takes place in Foley, Alabama okay. at Owa Parks and Resort, which is a beautiful facility. Um, so for five days, the students work alongside those those industry professionals at the resort, uh, learning about hospitality and tourism, and then ultimately producing a large music festival. Wow. We had, it was really a neat thing this year um, because, you know, the kids were given, so we had 26 kids that were hand-selected. And they were given a budget of like a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, wow. I mean, crazy money to put this thing on. 
And so they got to rub shoulders. Well, what was really neat is as the production staff came in, we had two students that were hired on the spot of the production staff. That it was blew my mind. And we had um, Dustin Lynch's people, who was our headliner. They came over, and now April and I have been, as a result of that, we've been invited to now present at Full Sail. So we're going to Full Sail Orlando. In, in, yeah. in January wow. to present this as potentially turning into a, a recruitment arm for the university. And April hasn't mentioned this yet, but we got selected to present at South by Southwest this year. Oh, dude, so, that's wow. huge, Which man. is that's, a pretty, that's pretty big amazing. deal. amazing. So, yeah, you're pretty excited about that, right, April? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. <laughs> Look, I want to brag on April real quick because you were talking about the TED Talks. April did a TED Talk yeah. herself. Oh, wow. Yep. And I remember seeing those things on YouTube and being like, if you have a TED Talk, you're important. And and April's yeah. also a TED Talk coach. Wow. So, I am. Wow. I am. I, I Brush your shoulders off. Yeah. Brush your shoulders <laughs> off. <laughs> Go to pop that collar. We got a brag for us. I feel so weird. Y'all need to stop bragging on me. It's not that great. <laughs> uh, it is that great. Now, April's really been an uh, unbelievable captain of our ship. Wow. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, her just vision is it's every we have a team meeting every week where the team gets together via Zoom and she has always got some new vision. Um, and it's just it's spectacular where this is. We're we're going to expand this next year into a f whole brand new division of artist development. Yeah. And that's something that these kids it's going to impact not only kids that want to be entertainers, but it's going to impact the kids that want to go into management. Sure. And so now we're going to basically bring this entire group of students in and they're going to be, they're going to learn artist management, promotion, A&R, uh, for our new artists. I am trying to picture Cam Fleener's school of <laughs> what he teaches these kids first. Like, look, you got to get a flat iron for starters. Huh? You got kids. I know it's going to piss mom off, but you got to go break her off $90 to get you a flat iron. A good one. A Let me show you least, some good man. eyeliner you got to put on. And they're like, this has nothing to do with singing. Trust me, son. Trust it does. me, it's what you want. This, this, is, this is the secret. Anybody can sing. Right. Uh, I throw a rock and hit somebody yeah, can yeah, sing. Yeah, that's right. You sing like a dead cat and there's somebody around you that can sing. That ain't what it's about. But we're real excited about uh, because, you know, when we do this, it, it everything ha is evolving organically, as I right. said. And so not only are we seeing opportunities to impact kids that, as David said, that want to become entertainers, mm. but there's also the technical kids. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I put the band together 300 years ago, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, Back before there was electricity, we're still using megaphones. Yeah. Yeah, megaphones. My, my first light show was a thousand candles. We, he already had this work. It's like he got my note cards and went through them. I mean, it, you know, I, it's, uh, I watched our industry start to get really sort of self, where it got really selfish, yeah. you know? And I'm like, man, we are going to lose our industry mm. if we do not grow the next generation. And the people that have to grow the next generation are the guys that are doing it now. Yeah. And and I just I, I you know screamed and hollered all, about that all the time. And and then finally I decided we're good, the pygmies are going to do something really significant. Yeah. We're not just going to do something. We're not just going to play for somebody's you know their their benefit because they're having you know ACL surgery. Sure. We're going to do something really significant. And so yeah. we've invested in this and. 
you know, what what do you think? April, how many shows have we done now, you think? Uh, we're pushing about 60 shows uh, oh, wow. that we've done so far on high school, yeah. So wow. it's you know it's a it's a lot of effort and I ask a lot of the guys yeah. in the band to do it but once they saw the value and the yeah. importance of this they understand that this this matters this is cool you know, man this ma- and and in addition to building those technical people you have to build audiences mm-hmm. one of the things that is gone from our industry are fans yeah. fans yeah. don't exist anymore yeah. yeah you've got a bunch of people that go see bands but they're not fans. Yeah. And that's evidence where bands can't, you know, merchandise is a lost cause for most bands yeah. because nobody wants it because they're not fans. Yeah. You I have to build fans. I like the name y'all came up with, Reach and Teach. It was a lot better than Cam's idea of Cam's Kids. That really- now, listen, listen. That, 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 I'm glad y'all got that off of the drawing board. That would have not gone over well. It just, it just it narrowly lost. Okay, narrow, it was narrowly. But we're playing, and Chase can speak on this probably better than me, but when you see the faces yeah. of 600 kids in a gym light up. Now, granted, we're playing music that what isn't their parents, their grandparents' music. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So these kids are not, and they light up because yeah, it's well, sincere. Sure. And they're yeah. experiencing. They're experiencing the, the show. Yes. They're yeah. not listening. They're, they're, they don't matter what the song is. It doesn't matter what the song is. They're being exposed to something fans. they probably would not have seen otherwise. Right. I mean, like not hating on newer music and stuff. Yeah, but no, I get it. We're a raw, real yeah. rock band. We don't use any backing tracks or anything like that. And there's mistakes and stuff. Hey, you but, don't have to dig at my band, right? I mean, nothing wrong with that. It's like, okay, look, look. You got the tang and then you got the orange juice. Yeah, you got to taste the orange juice as well. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's it's cool to show them right. something of like it's this is how music was for a long time and there's a certain rawness to it and excitement to it and they might not have seen that otherwise. I mean, ninety five percent of our kids that come to shows have never been to a rock show. We're their very first concert. Wow! And it's really really awesome to see that pure enjoyment and excitement. I mean, how many that, times that has somebody said, man? I didn't even listen to rock music, but I love y'all. Y'all were awesome. It's all like the delivery. This. Kids just they they gravitate to excitement. Well, it, it's a show. It's it's energy. Yeah. It's it's just energy. You know what I mean? So And you can't replace hours on stage. No. I think that's one thing you can see when you guys are on stage. There's just like there's no substitute for the thousands and thousands of hours you've spent on stage. There's, yeah. You can practice in your bedroom all you want. But when you get up there and face one of these lights in your face, so different. It man, I'm telling you, as a guy that used to just watch your band at the Five Points Music Hall when I was a kid, and then when I started playing drums and I got in front of that light, I was like, <sighs> it's like getting into a cold plunge. You're like, oh Lord, what is happening? I forgot how to play everything. Like I don't even know it. Mileage matters. Oh, all looks different yeah. up there too. Yeah. When you yeah. get up there, you're like, "Wow, I didn't realize how vulnerable this feels." Yeah, mm. it's a completely different world. And and the and the talent that Cam has is something you're either born with or you don't. Obviously, mm. he's better at it than he was 30 years ago, but 300, like 300 years <laughs> ago. But like that's either a frontman capability is just something you're. I firmly believe you're either born with it or you're not born with mm. it. We won't take up any more of your time, April. We appreciate you <laughs> coming in and telling us about it. We yeah. know you have family yes, stuff to do. I'm so jealous that I'm not there with you guys. Y'all are having way too much fun. Hey, April, before you go, one more time, Cam, 
give us the uh, give us the email directly to Reach and Teach. So it, the it, the the website is reachandteach.rocks. Okay. R O C K S. Um, and it's spelled the word and is spelled out. Right. And if you go there, everything you could want is there. All right. of our resources are there. Uh, you can donate there. Um, you can just see what we're all about. Right. We encourage whether you are a teacher or an administrator or a parent or student, uh, go through the process. Yep. Bring us to your school. It's absolutely free. There's no risk. A lot of times people think that if they enroll, they've signed up. Mm-hmm. That's the first step of the process. So you go to enroll, fill out the form that will come to us. Someone on our team will communicate with you and then we'll walk you through the process as to whether it's appropriate mm-hmm. for your school or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll choose an artist for you or let you choose the artist. Um, April, is there anything else that we need to explain to them if they want to get involved? Everything's available on the website. Like you said, we would love, love, love to bring this program to your school. So definitely reach out to us. Yeah. Well, listen, on behalf of us here at X5, so I'm going to challenge other podcasters too to do the same. But we're we're actually donating you guys $10,000 today towards to reach and teach directly to try to help with some of those shows. And you know, you got to keep cam and self tanner and hairspray yeah. <laughs> so, and hair color now <laughs> and hair color. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that, that I, I know it's expensive, but seriously, we love the calls and hopefully next time you can come down and be in studio with us. Okay. Oh, we lost our audio. I'm reading. I'm reading her lips. <laughs> I think she's saying hey. thank you. Oh, there we yeah, go. Thank you. Thank she you. said she loves Chinese food and thanks so much. Hey, we're just kidding. We'll see you soon. Thank you thanks so much. Thank we you, love April. it. Thank you. See you guys. Bye bye. Well, cool. So now that's that's man. That that's the coolest thing for me. That's what hooked me in the in that real quick before we get into the the terrible nasty band stories. <laughs> Seriously, the genuine, genuinely like that's. No, it no matters. Shit. It matters, man. It matters on so like many different levels. Well, I'm sure at some point in your career you start thinking, <laughs> what am, what what's going to be my stamp on this circuit? What is what what are people going to be able to say that I've done? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important to be significant. Yeah. And a lot of guys are a lot of bands are one and done. It's all about tonight. It ain't about tomorrow. And yeah. I feel like that if if the one thing that the pygmies can leave beyond glitter in the floorboards <laughs> of everyone's cars, yeah. Uh, is that we have impacted a life yeah. and and made people decide they wanted to pursue this. Yeah. And that, that will sort of be our stamp on, and our contribution on keeping our industry alive. Yeah. Uh, so there is a certain selfishness and self-preservation that goes along with our program because I want it to be here. I know how important this industry has been to me. It's the only job I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And if someone with as limited ability and talent as me can do this as their only job. There's a lot of people out there that can do it. And I just want us to use this program to show those kids, hey, you can do this. Yeah. Think about that. Think about even just 10 years ago, how quick you know, the circuit was on five, yeah. 10, 12 years ago. It was bananas. I don't think it'd ever be what it was. That's why I was going to say. Either. Let's talk about the state of the industry today. Oh, my God. Yeah. The remainder of this podcast contains explicit content. Do you feel like this is chatter I hear from my band constantly? We're we're about done, guys. DJs are about to just put us out of what? business. Do you do you get the feeling that that's no. a thing? I feel like that's always been a thing that like DJs are always like a uh, uh, uh and 
they're always on the verge of like taking your industry from you. But, well, I want to. Uh, how uh, long have DJs been around? I feel like they've been around forever, but I feel like the tension span of kids that we yeah. play for today in college markets are so. You can't make a wrong song it's call. TikTok. You, you, I mean, dude, you can't even. If you've got a song with a great chorus and a terrible verse, you got to figure out a way to get rid of that verse, Put or that you're going to lose. At the start. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you got to start with the chorus, <laughs> it's kind of. I'm just wondering what you thought about that and DJs well, being a here, threat to I, band, I, live bands. I blame the artists because we've lost work ethic. Uh, we've lost people that want to put on a show. Um, and so the reason why DJs took over is because the, the, the kids, a lot of the kids don't know what they're not getting. Mm-hmm. All so right. If, they don't see an AB. So for instance, we went through this, this contraction where a lot of the clubs started doing DJs. And so the kids were doing the DJ thing and poo-pooing the live music concept. Yeah. And then when they went and saw live music, it sucked. Yeah. Okay. So when you've got an opportunity to have a kid in front of you, you've got to deliver so that they're like, you know what? I like they've got options. Yeah. They've got options. And, yeah. But the, 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 the music community went away. And those, I mean, think back. You said 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Let's think back to the bands that existed back then. Oh, yeah. yeah. We could that go, are we could, gone. Or yeah, the venues. Hey, think or about the this. Venues. The fucking venues. They're not there. Dude, it because was like the bands Supper are Club. Gone. Yeah, Supper Club, Iron Horse, Iron Crush, Horse. all those all those clubs, even just in this local yeah. circuit. Doc was the best. They were gone in like 10 minutes. It was like it just, within, it was, within a month. We've got, there, and you know, we, we, we enjoy some of this too, yeah. but there's there are some venues now that are. It's all about the venue. I mean, yeah. My mom could be on stage, and there's a thousand people. Yeah. Okay, it doesn't matter. That's right. And so, and we enjoy some of that as well. Yeah. But if that's all you've got, you're not building fans. No. Those are just people that are there because that's where everybody's going. That's it right. don't matter who's on stage. They're there to be seen, band. not to see. They're there to be seen. Yeah. yeah. And you could just put. You don't even have to put a marquee up. Just live tonight, live band. Yeah, and karaoke. That guy's playing every fucking way. <laughs> and it used to be oh, karaoke's playing band sensitive. There, there were yeah. band sensitive markets, and yeah. we and that was because the bands were a product. Right, they weren't just living jukeboxes. Yeah. And so you've got DJs, and then you've got bands that oh, we play the song just like the song. So if I wanted to hear Motley Crue, I'd go see Motley Crue. Yeah, I want to see the way you play Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. I want to see how what you're how you give me a show. The best description I've ever heard him give for his own band is Barina Rock. That's what we are. Barina. That's exactly what we are. Dude, how many times have we played a frat and they're like, dude, we spent like 20 grand on this DJ last week and it kind of sucked. Like, y'all were way better. Like, we had so much more fun when y'all came. I want to know who the fuck is a DJ that gets... So We're they, still they trying to figure that part out. They make that kind of cheese? It'll we, be somebody oh, from New York or It's crazy. Or not even we, we played a frat in Auburn on a Friday night, and they had us set up in their little backyard. And the next day, as we were pulling out of town, they were setting up a like huge stage. And we're like, what's going Are on in the front yard today? They go, oh, we got to... A DJ coming. I was like, y'all roll all this staging and stuff out for a DJ, but us, you cram us in the corner of a. <laughs> you can have one guy come out right. there and push play on his laptop right. on this big with, stage. With, with go- watch with, my laptop live. With goggles and a rain jacket on. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, you know? I hope that we can change our industry and see. Yeah. And well, that's what the way to do what it. What David's saying is true. Yeah. DJs are making inroads, 
But we've got to we've got to make these kids enjoy live music again. Yeah. And and it's not their fault if what they're seeing is not interesting. Well, they're being that's fed. our fault. They're being fed. I, yeah, I agree fine. with you 100. percent You know what's funny that's existed forever. And I, it's crazy. It's production wars that yeah. all the bands on the circuits have. Dude, when one band gets five more lights, Fleener <laughs> hears about it. He goes to the store. He buys six fucking lights. You, know, right <laughs> you, you remember when everybody and we got They got a new PA, and so James calls me and goes, man, I just got a deal on a wide line PA that's going to take your head off. <laughs> Wait till the other band. I, they don't even give a shit about what who who's seeing it besides the other bands. That's what's so funny. Well, you going, know what, David? <laughs> Let me comment on that. Listen, listen we need that. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. We yeah. need that. Yeah. That's that's a thing that helps. We yeah. used to that used to be whenever four AM was on I mean, oh, oh my dude. god. Yeah. Four AM they out had there. an unlimited YB Normal was out yeah. there and and you would walk out and you'd see these rigs. And so the bands felt obligated to up their product. Well, if you don't now have it's like, anybody, oh, I got three LD leads and I can yeah. put them in the back of the car and we'll get up there and, you know, do a line six. I don't need amps or anything. And, yeah. You know, how easy can I make it on me? If, mm-hmm. if you don't have anything to push you to be better, you get complacent. Yes. Right. So, and, and dude, I remember, I swear to God, I remember when everybody started using ego boxes. Yeah. You know, like it was like a couple of bands had them. And then all of a sudden, three months later, you know, the fucking guy playing an acoustic show by himself fucking <laughs> ego box up there. But then, like, the lights would get put in them, and then it was like, uh, you remember Downstroke had the ones that CO2. shot, shot the out CO2, the CO2 yep. and stuff, you know, and it was just like, man, it, it, but that was cool because it adds so much depth to the show, to the experience. Anybody, it, it makes a great show yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. there's a cycle it's not, there, too, you like can't you're talking carry about. a show with it. There's a cycle you're talking about. When you don't, when you're up on stage and you don't have that energy on stage anymore, you don't have enough of that. Yeah. That energy doesn't feed to the people in the crowd that want to be up like like me and you. You know, we talked about that where you were on, you were watching that and going, "Man, I got to be up there." Yeah. Well, no, no, now people aren't even watching the band that's up there, so they have no desire to be up there to have yeah. the next generation yep. of people that are feeding the crowd. It's like the cycle is gone. We're in eighties and you know, when we all grew up. Listen yeah. to 80s bands that they live out of their vans. Whatever they need to do to make it, that was where the heart was at. You don't what, have that anymore. They can do out of the room. was the show. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. you know, we went through that period of time where it was all about what you were traveling in or whatever. Mm. I'm like, you know, somebody's like, you know, how come y'all don't have a tour bus? I'm like, go in and look at my rig. That's my tour bus. Mm. Well, let okay. me tell you, as a guy that rolls around in one, it'll split your damn band up. I mean, it, oh. it is. You better get on birth control if you're going to buy a bus because it will <laughs> fuck you to death. Every time you turn around, you better be putting on lipstick because you're about to get it, son. Dude, <laughs> let, let me ask you guys this, all three of you guys. So is it still, you know, none of us have played for 10 years or more, you know. And so is it still like, man, it was such a bond between musicians. You know, you that 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 love like to be competitive with each other you know kind of thing was always there like you're competitive but it's out of love like if 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 a band another band was close to you and another and, and whoever was broke down or needed this or needed that it was it, it's a it's a community and you help you it was always everybody helping each other out everybody always you know and that that's what a lot of people don't understand it's not like 
everybody's like, "Oh, fuck these guys!" Like they're, every, they're, I'll tell, I'll say this: there, there are everybody. people on this circuit that get it, yeah. and people that don't, yep. yeah. And the people that get it are all—you'll see them hanging out together on yeah. off nights at their shows. They go to each other's shows. Yeah. When they rarely get to hang out with each other, it's a yeah. mess. It's a diabolical mess. You can tell <laughs> like, these guys love each other, and they yeah. never get to hang out together. And it's going to be mess. We we had a night like that recently where we went over to Rick's and hung out with US, and we just knew going over there we're like Y'all we're gonna, gonna feel fun. like shit tomorrow man i can already tell you like, <laughs> yeah. kenny's there we got everybody there <laughs> oh man. my god kenny. just standing next to kenny will get you drunk yeah <laughs> <laughs> we we went through to answer your question it's an interesting yeah. story we went through david and i went through a weird thing where there were people that wanted to kick his ass for me and kick my ass because of him because we started this thing called yard wars with one another <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> We totally thought- separate, not nothing to do with bands. Right. But I was dogging him out because of the lawn care service. Right. And so we started this thing where I was, I kept accusing him of sabotaging my yard. Uh-huh. And we would, I would put like, and I put like uh, uh, lawn warriors. I would like put little messages in my yard. And then I David printed that. up. I mean, we never thought, we always thought people would be in on the joke. We did it. But they dude, the internet's full of dummies. Oh, They're pissed off. Countless <laughs> people would come up and be like, just so you know, I'm on your side. Fuck him, like, <laughs> and I'm like, what? You know what? What are you talking about? I remember all that. And I was like, I mean, I, I like your spirit. <laughs> but so this is what happened. Mean, to the you know we're kidding, right? <laughs> I mean, y'all, 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 this is what happened to the circuit. I mean, everybody against each other. Crazy. Nothing's funnier than a fake wrestling. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna drop the elbow on Flitter when I see him. I'm but you never even did that. No. And uh, and then whenever Lyman printed up the yeah. the cam bucks. And had those distributed <laughs> everywhere. We had people what? trying to buy merch. We made these cam bucks with his name on it. <laughs> and my face people, on it. We had people go ask to buy t-shirts with the cam bucks. They'd give it to them. Oh. Put them in the tip jar. So I'm showing up to clubs after they play. And I got bartenders coming up going, look, man, you need to make good on this. I had nothing to do with this. I'm not going to replace that because somebody tipped you with a cam dollar. We have responsibility. Back in Lionel, we had a Jacob. Jacob's uncle uh, photographed nude men when he was young and had Polaroids. Like what? Hey, it's yeah. It's weird to just touch on that and then move on back. But I just had to explain real quick why we had a whole photo. He passed away, so rest in peace. Yeah, Jacob's uncle. But he had a a, a, a big, huge book full of naked Polaroids. Right, and they uh, were at Chestnut Station, and they set up, did a sound check, and they always go to the hotel. While they're at the hotel, we bust in and we tape these nude ma- male photos all over the stage. I'm talking all over the drum set, all over the amps, all over the American flag. Oh my God! Disrespecting <laughs> bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah hey, let me tell you something about Gadsden, Alabama. Not too forward thinking on the new mail. <laughs> <laughs> they're not all yeah, about probably, that. Yeah, they're not about. Not. They're not about that. Yeah, they're not. Welcome so we up. just left it for them to do. Yeah, that was us. That was our thing. <laughs> People in there eating hamburgers and fries, going. Boy, this what band has it? really gotten changed. They've really changed from when I saw them in college. Well, Ethel, let's go in here and get us some chicken wings. I can imagine what the fuck happened with that. So what, what year did the Velcro Pygmies play their first show? It was in Auburn. It was in 90, 1990. Oh, was wow. it Supper Club? Yeah. No, no, no. Our very first show was Pike Brawl. So, so we get invited to play uh, this fraternity party. Mm. And uh, we'd never done a fraternity party. Do you know anything about that? So we go there, set up. So I decide, and I'm, you know, ever the entrepreneur. So I'm walking from other to all the other friends. Hey, we're doing town. Why don't you come over and check out the band? They're like, where are you playing? Pikes. Yeah, no thanks. 
couldn't understand why. There were politics and so <laughs> so they were in the basement. What they did, and they've outlawed it. They can't do it anymore. They were they were all dressed in army fatigues. And so they were carrying around long necks and they would drink a long neck and then smash it on each other's heads and then throw it against the wall. Oh, wow. And it was just hospital trip after hospital trip. So they're throwing <laughs> beer all over us. Everybody in the band wound up virtually naked uh, because we were just soaked. But we were the first band that they, because we were too stupid, the first band they couldn't get to stop. So the goal was to make the band so miserable that they would stop playing. And we were the first band because we didn't know we were supposed to. Oh, no. Y'all were just hired as the... We were just playing. <laughs> and so when we got done, and so that defined us on that campus wow. as the band that... Wouldn't stop. Would take it off. They still I mean, don't. They still yeah, do four-hour shows. Yeah. Like, we were good an hour ago. Later, let's cut it off. <laughs> we had to drag him off stage every night. <laughs> our drummer, They're our, unplugging our, him like... <laughs> our drummer, Chris, always says that I like to leave him one, one less. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Talk about mistakes this man's made in the past. He used to throw these things, these skate parties. At, uh, that was uh, not a mistake. Uh, let me <laughs> say, Dave was the mistake. Coolers and coolers full of alcohol at a skating rink. Can you see why, where this might go <laughs> yes. bad? And in, the fact Definitely. that he didn't get sued for that was amazing. <laughs> All right, now let me tell you, best stories ever. I mean, there. I'm telling you, skate party, Velcro Pimmy skate parties. Holy shit. Nudity, every single one of them, gongs flying everywhere. I mean, you get out on that, you get on that skating rink after two hours of being at that party, you're going to get hit in the face with a ball or a It was a ball or there's a there's a skating rink out on two It's called Skates Two Eight. Yeah. And Chris and I, we loved because we were never cool enough to go skating. Yeah. Okay. In high school, like all the kids did, so we're like, okay, we're going to do it now. So we decided, you know what? Let's rent out a skating rink. So On a Sunday night, musicians Sunday night, alive. so that everybody could come. So we go to Skates 280, and and uh, and then uh, what's the guy's name? Will wasn't it? Will that the DJ, the, the guy that was. <laughs> so we go to Will and say, "Look, we want to rent the skating rink out on Sunday night." And he's like, "Well, you know, we have open skate till like nine o'clock." I was like, "Well, we want it after that." It's like, "Well, how long do you want it?" I want it all night. Mm. I want to rent it till everybody's going. <laughs> and I said, "And do you have a problem with this bringing in alcohol?" He's like, man, do whatever you want to do if you're renting a place out. So we're bringing I'm sure in. I'm sure, guess what he didn't do? Call his insurance guy. I'm sure he did not. <laughs> we're bringing in tons and tons. Of, and it was an imitation only. Yeah. And we would have somebody there kind of monitor because it. we knew it was going to get bad. And we yeah. didn't need stuff getting out. Oh, even yeah. though we had a video. Yeah, yeah. yeah with Jason Video Reed. tape on the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dude, there's video. Are they up? Could oh, they be I, up? I, I think they're still up. There's edited versions There's edited of it versions. With, but, and so... Everybody would come in, and for about the first two hours, everybody would play drinking games at the tables. <laughs> and then finally, we would put on like, you know, we would Ab turn on the music and, you know, and people put on their skates and start skating. It's and raining men with a bunch of guys naked, by the way. I remember Lexi going around with oh. having toilet paper hanging out of his ass by about 15 feet, just zooming around the ring. He's going so fast that it's just, it looks like a tail floating in the air. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so everybody starts doing it, and you got a nonstop stream of naked guys. Oh, and it was costume. Everybody had to wear. Yeah, costume. yeah. It was a costume yeah, party. Had to wear a costume. I was thinking, was it in October? Or you just made it a costume party. Yeah, we right. yeah we just made it. We made a costume. Look, I and think we, the audience needs some context here. Cam, <laughs> Cam does not drink. 
Yeah, at I've all. Never tasted alcohol the whole so life. he's here sober with all these drunks acting a fool. <laughs> so we we had there was a series, and I've still got it on my computer of Cocaine Dave. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I showed up with Cocaine Dave. I had baby powder. I've never done cocaine. Yeah, yeah look I mean, at me. Was, where's the, awesome. where's my was, hammer? I've never done cocaine ever. It was but, it was pretty racy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there were a couple of. Lauren broke her tailbone. Oh somebody, yeah, we had a somebody broke trip, her. Everyone. Yeah, every one of them. There was an ambulance there oh, no, picking sure. somebody up. <laughs> I remember, and I don't know if we can even say this. We can edit it out, but um, um, uh, this is my was, favorite uh, part. Who, who, yeah, he who, says who, we got to edit. Who this. was it? Um, uh, send me the little part rules at the beginning. His wedding night. Who was that? Oh, Nick Snow. Nick. Snow, that's right. So his wedding night. He. Oh, comes he's been divorced there. forever. So. His wife is in the wedding dress in the middle of the rink bawling her eyes out because she's like I didn't know he was like this <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. God. <laughs> you married him and you didn't even know oh man you didn't see the he was on a him. scooter that night oh yeah oh. <laughs> god oh, my god yeah, that's the craziest band story ever I feel bad y'all weren't ever invited what did oh. y'all do to not get invited <laughs> I, I went to him I remember the funniest thing was hearing people's naked ass hit the Fucking when yeah, they the, fall, the sound of that flash hitting the, yeah. it, it, it was we were probably yeah. in Alaska or something. Yeah, yeah. You know that Joe Gotta routing yeah. always had the, dark, the dartboard. You're yeah. in Russia tonight. Tomorrow you're in QS. Good luck, guys. Have a ball out there. I'm Enjoy. making the same as you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Here in Virginia Beach. Well, the bed. <laughs> yeah, that was I'm glad you brought that up, Dave. That was Yeah, I yeah. totally was thinking about the skate party on the way here. Uh, I was like, we gotta cover that in some yeah, that way. Was, that was so there's recaps online if you look up Velcro Pigment Skate Party. Yeah. And just know you're not seeing much. You know, should there be there. another there's a lot on the editing floor. Yeah, should it come back? Huh? Should it come back? There's a lot of people that think it should come back. A um, lot of, we, a lot uh, of people have <laughs> been begging for skate party return. We actually have talked about doing a skate party. So oh, you yeah. guys just need to do it. And we'll just come to it. Then. Okay. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> shit. That, yeah, because we've had a problem trying to find a skating rink that we could, oh, this guy we could rent out. This dude on 280 is man. It, it, he's it's still with it's, us. It's ridiculous. I talked to him. I think Chris talked to him the other day. Or uh, say the oh, he's got daughters. <laughs> and like, he, but he, yeah, he's like, man, when y'all coming back, those are the greatest memories I have in my life. You know what y'all did that. And we would, what well, we go till three or four in the morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was wow. like supper club hours. That's a good time. So yeah, it was it was crazy. They <laughs> that was were, back before I had a kid. That's back before I had anything to lose. I was like, yeah, let's go to a skate party <laughs> yeah, and drink it up all did, night. Was acting like he had nothing to lose. Fishnet hose, <laughs> right. skating around, oh. bunny ears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that's mm. what would make it even better to do it again. Right now, the stakes are higher. Yeah. <laughs> what year was that we were doing? I that? mean, it's been ten years at least because he'd never been to one. Yeah. Right. So oh, that was two thousand eight, two thousand nine, because that's when I was. Yeah. I joined. Uh, downstroke. That was the first couple of years I was in downstroke. Yep. So yep. Another band falling yeah, to the right, wayside. Cause, yeah, because that's when that's <laughs> there's a vision. There's there's an image because once everybody got drunk, they started to trade costumes. So there's an oh. image. Uh, so I've got Edens in a mankini, right. skating around in a full mankini, and then we've got uh, Justin from Downstroke. He's in a Tinkerbell costume, skating and playing a trombone. That wasn't much of a like, stretch for him. You know, <laughs> they changed. They changed that because he was. He ended up in that same yeah. mankini that yeah. night. Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of changing up. Oh wow. Oh, it's. I remember people would go. Evidence. They would go into that bathroom in the back right hand corner to like get undressed, 
And then they would come out and everybody would just be crying, laughing at them being naked. And then they'd be in some special costume that involved toilet paper every time. It's so <laughs> just every single time. Yeah. It, yeah. That stuff is yeah, legendary stuff for sure. That oh poor guy's God. asking you when to have that back. It looked like a bomb went off in that place. Like I, I remember <laughs> all my baby powder for my costume was laying all over the place. People walking in going, is that cocaine on the table? What did y'all do here last night? You know they opened up Monday morning. It was like, oh, yeah. in Sanity. What are some of the worst gigs you've ever played? Without you don't have to go into the venue name unless it's gone now. But well, we had a guy passing rolled coins once. Oh, really? In Starkville, Mississippi. Man, no, no, right outside. Are you complaining that you still got paid? I want a real like. (laughs) (laughs) I know you got. Okay, 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 okay. Don't shit my mouth and call it a Sunday. So this one we talk about a lot. So this was in Anniston, and this guy decided that he was going to have. Rocktoberfest. Okay. Well, pick me some playwright. And he was going to... Let me guess. No prior experience in concert promoting? (laughs) No. (laughs) So it's three days, like 30 bands a day. I mean, it was very aggressive. So we were... um, He came to us and asked if we could do one of the afternoon slots. Okay, that wasn't going to cut into what we did that night. Okay, fine. So we pull into this field that you could have put Rock the South in. Okay, it's that big. All right, so you got a little, like, flatbed trailer up there. There's one, there's some band on stage and there are two people in front of the stage and there's a tent next to the stage and he's sitting under the tent with a keg of beer and he's holding the thing that you pour beer and he's just, <laughs> that's your God's pain. That's your God. Oh, so, so I walk up to him and I'm like, I'm like, how's it going? And he's like. He just points like, and he, I he, built this. Take a look. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, all right. So so we we set up and we do our 45 minutes. Well, yeah. other bands are starting to line up their vehicles off to the side, and so there we are. So we get done playing, and he's like, uh, he's like, dude, um, I don't have any money. Oh, fuck. and uh, and I said, okay. He's like, if you want, you can take my rig. <laughs> like we're gonna take payment in his rig. And he's like, I tell you what, he said, I tell you what, I'll just I'll give you all the money that I have. Okay. All right, whatever. So he gives you like four hundred bucks. Well, on our way out, the truck Did y'all play? Yeah, we played. Oh, okay. So we played. I, thought, this was I thought you're taking so, it and you're like, we're not so, playing. So we pull out and the truck sinks to its axle. Okay, in the mud. Can't get out. So they call a tow truck. Right. The tow truck comes, the tow truck gets stuck. Call a second, and these are big ass tow trucks. A second tow truck to pull this tow truck out and our tow truck. Tow bill had to be two, three thousand dollars. Right. So, so, so we, so the truck gets pulled out, and so as we're leaving, the guys in the tow are like, "Dude, who's paying us?" And so I say, "See the guy under the tent over there?" And I wave at him, and the guy waves back. Like, That's where your money is. I don't know if that shit. guy wound up in the bottom of a river yeah. somewhere or what. <laughs> if that guy so, so we took all of his money, and all the other bands are lined up, and then yeah. he had a tow bill for the Velcro pigments who had sunk to their axles. Yeah, that was that was a bad game. A yeah. great story, but a bad. I game. can't believe that he was going to give y'all all that gear when there's other bands that still had well, to fuck, play. You know, it was rented. That gear was rented, I'm man. Like, it what? probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even, what are you going to do with? I mean, we're going to put all your gear. He's like, that's he was going to pay us in gear. Oh, oh my you god! You know, people man. used to offer the seventeenth floor if they they were going to pay them in check, 
and his boys would start unscrewing flat screens off the walls and start putting it in the trailer. Going, that's what we do when you pull out your checkbook. When you don't give us, <laughs> that's the way we handle stuff from Chicago. You know, that's the way we do. Yeah, yeah. TLC right, does right. yeah. They started loading bar stools, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing?" He's like, "We don't take checks, and we told you we didn't take checks, so we're gonna go ahead and start." Getting stuff that we could get on eBay. We done that one time, or was about to do that. Did you say that? we Scots, done that in Scottsboro? Yeah, we done that. <laughs> Remember that in Scottsboro? We done did that. Me, you, and Justin. That club's about. Oh, to where? Where at? I'm I don't sure even the, the name club's of that not place. even open. It was one of those. Was, there was a place called the yeah. Phoenix. A place called the Phoenix where John Stone. Remember John Stone was oh, a yeah, house. I talked to him last week. And now, and they had a blind uh, sound guy. There was a better than a thing. deaf one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could probably hear even better. You know, they say your other yeah. sense is yeah, high. Increases the other yeah. sense. He's the best. You're really good. Laner, you're he's, out of tune. Jesus Christ! Well, I don't know where you are in here, but you're out of tune. <laughs> I, I can see tune. that being a place that you would be tabbing yeah, to take man, stuff we, off the walls. We. Uh, <laughs> We were there. Uh, it was actually Downstroke was playing, and me and Justin, Justin came over there to me, and he's like, "Dude, the uh, the owner's giving me the I didn't make enough money." Yeah. Talk. I was like, "Fuck <laughs> it, man! Start loading your shit in, and I'll be back." <laughs> so now I, I, I used to be not as nice as I am these days, but I went over there and I told the I told the bartender I said, "Hey, uh." Tell the owner to come out of the office or whatever. And I looked at Justin. I said, y'all start loading in Bert. And I don't remember who was in that band other than you guys at the time. I think Singleton was. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I told him, I said, just go on about your business. And so I told the guy come out. I said, so look, I said, three options. Option one, you, you go ahead and you go pay them. Option two, I'm about to break everything in here. Option three, I'm going to break everything in here and bust your mouth wide open. <laughs> <laughs> really only one good, one good option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a copay involved in the yeah, other option. Yeah. <laughs> so needless to say, they got paid. He called Justin back there and paid him. You know, But that that that's that's stuff that's sad, too, that I'm sure. What What's the other than that one, the story you just told, David? What about you? You guys ever experienced something where a guy oh, or, just tried to steal? Oh, yeah, you? Hot Springs, Arkansas. Um, really? We sent a bookie collector from Birmingham to go sit in the guy. He owned a construction company, and he went like and a set, mafia guy. He's a bookie collector. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what. Hey, you put you put two tomato, tomato, whatever. He had a bat. <laughs> <Was he told? laughs> I'll tell you this: he sat in the guy's office with a bat. Yeah, and he's sitting there just clapping that bat in his hand. And the secretary's like, "Can I help you, sir?" And he goes, "I'm here to see so and so. I won't say his name." And he goes, "Oh, he's not here right now." And he goes, "That's cool." I'll just wait. And he just sat in the office four hours. And that lady is like walked outside, called him and he came in and brought a check. It was, you know, you have to do stuff like that for like yeah. $1,500. It's crazy. It's sad, isn't it? But it's yeah, like we, you do, you do we your We had job. to give that guy 500 of the. Paid him two grand to get your 1500 We covered his fuel and 500 bucks to just sit in the office with yeah. a bat. The he thing was, that, yeah. that we're experiencing more so now lately is people forgetting to pay us. Oh man! Yeah, they, they, they got the money. Oh, they, it, 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 it what happened to us? <laughs> yeah, they'll drunkenly roll up the next day, meet you somewhere. Like, sorry, like, how do you? That's your job. That was your one job. Pay the band, and you forgot. And not, not, not just not before, not even after. Yeah, I'm just like, my God, how? 
And there have been times when the person that was supposed to pay us, I'll have a conversation with after the show. Yeah. And still they forget. Like, My what, favorite they pass out somewhere. Some of these frat guys, they'll try to pay you twice. Like they'll pay you before oh, the show, and then heart. they'll come up afterwards. Can we pay you? Oh, yeah. No, not at all. No. <laughs> well, you, paid, you paid me, but you didn't pay the guitar player. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, shit. man. I'll write you that check right now. Y'all got to do some cool gigs. Y'all been down in Mexico playing shows. We did, yeah, we did that. What? Fun. I'm telling you, you do this long enough, you'll get the coolest gigs in the world. Mexico. Where'd you guys play in Mexico? We went to Cabo. Um, wow. We've got some friends. Uh, actually, really, really interesting. Um, he is the partner of the guy that produced uh, produced. <laughs> Yellowstone and uh, Sons of Anarchy. Mm -hmm. And so they, um, there's a guy named Michael Waddell. He has a television show called Bone Collector mm. uh, on, I guess, the Outdoor Channel. And I'm not much of a manly man, so I don't know that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, he and his wife met at a pygmy show. Um, and so she wanted us for her birthday. So we did their birthday. And, and in the middle of COVID, we were one of the bands that gave the middle finger and we played anyway. We didn't care. I mean, yeah. we were out there and we did what we did. I mean, sure. it's, you know, it's in the Constitution, That's you right. know. Mm -hmm. And so we went out there and played, pissed a lot of people off. I didn't care. I made it clear mm -hmm. we didn't care, but we kept working. And this was one of those shows. And so we did her birthday party where there was a couple there that really enjoyed us. And they came up, and David's familiar with us, and Bert too, uh, is that people always come up, hey, man, I know. I'm going to fly out to wherever. We're going to play a show. And I was like, yeah, okay, you do it. Oh, we got oh, man, told I'm that so much. Shit. And I'm always like, look, until you do it, you yeah. are full of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No disrespect. <laughs> but you are. And so he said, would y'all come play Kansas City? I said, sure, whatever. Well, we get this phone call to play on the roof of a yacht after the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Oh, and wow. they ain't forgetting to pay. And I'm like, <laughs> this ain't the group that forgets the pay. I'm like, okay. Was like, Bonnie's wired immediately. So we're like, look, the only way we could do that is you got to provide everything. Mm -hmm. All the, I mean, literally, we could bring Backline, guitars and drumsticks. Yeah. And they did it. And I mean, literally, the top of this yacht was bigger than some of the clubs we play. It was right. freaking crazy. So Didn't we they had to move that. the helicopter or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Planner got, walks up and goes, this isn't going to work. you got to get rid <laughs> of this. Gonna have to There's do people that lived on that boat. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like the crew lived on the boat. It was like a triple story. Yeah. They had, it was, and that was during COVID as well. And the captain of the ship was freaking out because the mayor of Tampa Bay during Super Bowl decided that you couldn't have more than 20 people on the boat. And so literally they weren't going to let the band on the boat. So we're looking at the captain like, we have to play. Well, there's already 20 people. Right. By the way, by the way you've I'm already aware been paid. of that. You don't have to play. And so the guy that owned the boat went to the captain and said, I don't give a shit. We're inviting everybody. So before it was over, we had a couple hundred people on the roof of this yacht going freaking crazy. Well, that same couple then invited us to play her 50th um, birthday party, which was New Year's Eve last year. And we right. did that. And then uh, they are a part of this. They have a fishing team, which it's like a NASCAR team. And the prize was $14 million. For fishing. For fish. Uh, Blue Marlin. Blue Marlin. Hey, wow. That's why those guys that got caught cheating stuff and weight down in those fish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why people get livid yeah, about it because there's that shit. much money tied that's up. Crazy. In well, they're, they're not allowed to weigh them on the boat. And what you said, they get disqualified yeah. if they come back with one. You have to one. know. You have to get like when you catch the fish. If it's if it's under three hundred pounds, you get disqualified. But really? you can't weigh them before you pull them, and you have to know. 
So you got to know what the, so they, they brought us down to Cabo to play for mm. the fishing tournament. And it was at, uh, Galati yachts. Um, and, uh, Oh yeah. We're all familiar with that. Cam. And it was, it, it was <laughs> yeah. uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's where I get my yachts well, from. <laughs> oh, Viking, Viking. It was Galati yeah. and Viking. Yachts. Oh, Galati. That's used to be next to the place in Destin. Exactly. Right. Same people. See? I do know where that is. So we went down there. Um, and so that's what that was. Yeah. We played down there. So they, they flew us down, provided all the gear. Right. Um, and then flew us back. And wow. it was, a, it was flew down one day, played, flew, flew back the next day. <laughs> and we're doing New Year's Eve for them again this year. So super great people. Two B eight. Hey, real real quick. Hey, uh, hey, Dustin, will you do me a favor there? There is two burlap Gucci. Bag- I know it sounds bougie as shit. Hey, Jesus, Fuck all of you guys. There's two Gucci uh, burlap bags in there. He got them off his um, yacht. Yeah, so on one of the couches. Will you, grab those? Will you grab those and bring those to me, please? They're a little wet. They were on my yacht. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> they were on the Galatia. Yeah. They, they were on my yacht, bitches. But they, they, we, we've really been blessed to meet a lot of great, cool people. Sure. Um, we had... You've probably, also met a lot of dirt bags too. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're probably one of the only, uh, only bands that's ever had Brett Michaels open for them. Oh. Brett Michaels opened for us, and then Joan Jett opened for us. God damn! How yeah. was that? I bet that dress. That was room, and that was that dress room. Look, look, that was ridiculous. You and you and Brett and this and this guy. I ne- and Brett <laughs> fixing your hair in cool one dress. I never. That's dreamed. like staring at the sun for fifteen minutes, right? And, <laughs> this, and he was so nice. <laughs> he was so nice. Really? Yes, like so down to earth and nice. So look. his his guitar player Pete uh, claims that the Velcro Pygmies are what made him keep playing music. Really, which I find hard to believe, but he said that he's a people's guy, even if it's not true. He's from good. he's from like Virginia or somewhere like that, and that's, said that the music camps. scene had just died up there. This one, and so they came to Panama City and saw us at La Vila. Really, and he was like, "That's what I want to be. Wow. I want to be idiots like those guys." <laughs> and, and, what was the name of his band? That? Was like one less reason or something? Because I remember Who? Pete. What we got way here. back. <laughs> Well, it's not from Gucci, I promise. It's a nice so bag. So there's that for you. I mean, we got like, you guys some parting kits. Is it a cocksicle? It's an all-day penis pop. <laughs> all day. All day. Now, 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 hold on, hold on, Chase, on yours. Let right. Cam get his other one out. Okay. And then, then I want you to... Now, what is this? This is a... Personal EKG tracker. <laughs> <laughs> that way, look, man. You know you've been doing this three hundred years. You I, know throw, I throw every one of those double ARP <laughs> messages in the trash. I am not joining your club. I'm not going to be in your club, and it's not going to happen. Cam's a fucking Highlander. Everybody, <laughs> he just doesn't know. So there's that. But I do appreciate this. There you I go. can't wait to I can't wait to see how bad shape I'm actually in. You can sync that to your iPhone actually. Exactly. So yeah. I bought it for myself, but I was like, you know what, I'm fucked anyway. I'm overweight and smoke. So you know what? I'll just give this to somebody else. All right. Chase, All go right, ahead, buddy. Let's see what we got. What do you got right there? That's see, the- since I'm straight, I got the pussy liquor. And you know, we can tell you've been we can tell you've been beefing up, man, over the last couple of years, you know, yeah. hitting the gym. 
So we got something to go with all that. Uh-huh. Got something to go with all them steroids. You've been taking. There's just cycle steroid support. cycle support by me. Yeah. <laughs> keep your <laughs> <my> organs. <laughs> <laughs> keep your organs fresh. Juice it. Juice it. Right. Oh, there you go. Product placement. We're gonna be sponsored. They're gonna now. when they retire, Doug Flutie. We're gonna get Chase in that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that new uh, whatever. Eugenics. Hey, what commercial. Uh, you know the that fucking commercial cracks me up. One of them because it's like. Uh, the nerdy white husband and like uh, what's was it Frank Thomas that, that's do, that does it you know you get this big huge buff you know black guy and his wife goes oh he looks good I would knock my wife out if she says <laughs> shit yeah. like that you know I'm a little bit more sincerity honey <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's buying that shit. Those commercials just uh, kill me. Oh, uh, so terrible. It's horrible. It, none of that, horrible you, commercial. You, you know none of that shit works. None of that oh, shit absolutely. has to work. See, yeah, the, the no. trick in that situation, and I learned this from a guy that uh, from prison, you have to yeah. hit him on top. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. You, Let's back off. Back off. Back off. Yeah, we missed the, the breaks. <laughs> missing context. Yeah, so so like when they do that, you got to go on top of the head. No, no, I'm going to talk about the guy you know in prison. You have a pen pal in prison? You're not telling us about. So, you know, in Back to the Future, they got like Jailhouse Joey. You know, that's my brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he said he learned that trick from a guy in prison. When, you, when your girl gets out of line, you, you can only hit him on top of the head. Oh, you know, oh, oh. That's a, wow, we're educating people here. My wife looking at me today. through the studio. She's like, what the Great, nice. Reach and teach right there. Hey, yes. you know what? Nothing like a little talk of domestic violence and helping kids. Exactly. Yeah. What a combo. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. Yeah. I thought you were saying you learned it in prison. No, just secondhand, you know. Just, if you can learn from other people's <laughs> prison experiences, more the better. When you get a yeah. chance to go, yeah. you're ready. Yeah, you're you're ready. ready. You get there. Yeah. Prepared. <laughs> Educated. Yeah. Never a bad idea to be prepared for prison. I mean, they know no. how to cook some ramen noodles out of the wall socket. Uh, what? Oh, yeah, dude. They come do you up know with how to do cr- that, too? My brother does. Bullshit. Yeah, really? His brother's like, I can build a shank out of an apple. Yeah, <laughs> man. What fucking accent does his brother have? What was Jeff Brugman's. <laughs> 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 all my all my impersonations sound like oh Jeff Ruggins for some reason. <laughs> you don't know God damn thing. It'll have like ramen noodles to be putting like Cheetos and stuff in them, like because I guess that's like all they get in there. He'd always jump my ass. You're, you're gonna blow my fucking PA. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we gotta have Jeff on here. I mean, like the whole episode will be Jeff. Uh, we gotta have uh, Cam and Jeff at the same time. Could you imagine? Uh, See who yeah, talks on the most. same couch. We'll just, we'll just give the mic. You give the mic. Yeah, they have to share a mic. Get us nose to nose, and then have like have like a moisture reader between us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spraying on each other's face. Yeah, there's shampoo. That's so much saliva being exchanged. Me and Brugman's. Jeff Brugman's being the guitar player for the band U.S. Gotcha. Another dinosaur. I mean, dude, a guy that's been doing it forever. You know, I I am glad that there is someone that has been doing it longer than me. Yeah. yeah. And he's the only one, really. Really? That's right. Wow. Brugman's is, yeah, Brugman's has been around longer than I have. I never dreamed when I put this together that I'd be a dinosaur. Never in a million I wonder years. how many years you have left to do it. I often wonder that, too. Like, I want to do stand-up comedy. I can see me putting down my drumsticks one day and doing stand-up. But, like, I wonder how many years I have in the industry. People ask us that all the time. And, and I people say, that saw you 30 years ago in college have got to be like, 
He's still doing it. Huh? They tell you say that. Oh, no. We make a joke out of it all the time. I mean, last night, you know, we performed. Uh, it, it, there are people that saw us in college, and now they are the presidents and CEOs of their companies, and they hire us to play their parties. Mm. You know, it's like it's a, there's a nostalgia aspect. Yeah. Of oh, they hear you're still together. Like yeah. I gotta have them, man. They're part it's really, of my. It's a neat thing, and one a lot of times bands. If I ever decide to slow down, I'll quit. Yeah, you know, I don't want to. I never want to. The pygmy product that we created is a high energy over the top. And if I ever watered that down, I just would stop yeah. doing it. Um, and so if we get to a point where we can't be what that is believably, sure. then we'll shut it down. Yeah. Um, and so until that time happens. We know, always thought that you were grooming Justin to be your replacement. That's what that was the, the word rumor. on the circuit was. I, I like, they were like that. He's, he's setting this guy up to be I the next Paul Stanley. You wait and see. He's going to be. But, I see a question about it all the time. For, Did for, you? For the old, for, for, well, I'd say old school guys, but like, not, but I think most people, and Chase, this is not nothing, anything. I know you've been the longest guitar player, but when you think Velcro Pygmies, I think of two people. I think of you. And Edens, right? And like, I just don't think that that would ever, and it po it could possibly, but if it's not you and Edens, I don't. There's nobody that they could step. Chris in and I have a really unique dynamic. Yeah. Um, and we've been best friends forever. Yeah. You know, and it's. I mean, here's the story. I mean, it's one New Year's Eve. <clears throat> okay, to give you an idea of what a relationship is, it's one New Year's <clears throat> Eve, and he was dating this insane redhead okay huh, that's kind imagine of redundant, that right? imagine that <laughs> uh, so so we play and it was always a fight they were always in a fight and so we're at uh sammy t's in huntsville, huntsville. Mm. so we get back to the hotel and chris calls me he's like uh he's like cam can you help me uh come to my room Okay. So I go down and when I walk in, it looked like a scene from Wizard of Oz. Right. So there's these two legs jutting out of the bathroom on the back. I'm like, he's killed. <laughs> and so immediately, <laughs> so immediately my thought wasn't, how do I help her? My thought was, how do we get rid of this body? <laughs> okay. Right. And so, you know, that's, that's basically the kind of relationship that Chris and I have, yeah, uh, is that it's um, not not just being bandmates, but it's a much deeper kind of thing where you know we'd move bodies for one another if we had to. Yeah, so, so what did y'all do with the body? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, she lived. There's a <laughs> you guys. Did you guys ever eat at Jim and Nick's? Ooh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, Edens is known for uh, <laughs> a token move of his called the Doberman. Why don't you explain yeah. to the people what, Famous. The, what the Doberman is all about? Dustin, uh, Justin was a good Doberman, too. Oh, he Justin, he did one? Yeah, just Justin. See, I we were, we were playing in Louisville on 4th Street Live, and after we got done, um, we had an after party at a club and Vanilla Ice had an after party at a club. And so they decided they're just going to combine the after parties. Right. So that's the first time I'd ever seen Justin with his shirt off. And he, he hid that well. I mean, mm -hmm. he was buff as could be. Yeah. And so we wound up, we wound up having Vanilla Ice doing body shots 
off of Dustin, <laughs> off of Justin <laughs> at his club he in Louisville, Kentucky. It was freaking crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, J- Justin was, uh, he is like one of the most attractive, beautiful guys I've ever seen in my life. I should FaceTime him right now. I just I mean, talked to him the other day. But just like, so vanilla ice. Did, did it was crazy. <laughs> Here you go. Here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, um, that was an that was an interesting uh, yeah. seeing him whip his shirt off. And be like, dude, where are you hiding that <laughs> under? The... So yeah, but he does a, a great Doberman. He's Ed's got some great stories. Hey, what is he from Valdosta? What, he's from Augusta. Augusta, yeah. that's right, not Valdosta. And you got to have Chris on the podcast. Man. I mean, he is he's yeah, got we, he's we got some great stories. Sure. Not just pygmy stories, but obviously pre pygmy stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a a super guy and yeah. such a uh, a leader in our industry. I mm. mean, Chris believes in this and he believes yeah. in, you know, that it's important and, and, and continuing to do this. And, um, it, it's so funny. Edens has never been, even before he met Emily, he's never been the kind of guy that could do a one night stand. He's like a light candles and put rose petals down. He's like, I just want you just for, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not going to be in love with you. He's like, no, this is for me. I don't get hard any other way. So you just got to put up with these candles and this Marvin Gaye that's playing. Like, I got to cook you dinner. Yeah, right. He's true loving it. Um, we, with that said, yeah. um, uh, the lineup that we have now has been the most stable yeah. that we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and it would have to be to go through the bullshit that's gone on the last three or oh, four yeah. years. It's, it it's so hard, as you guys know, to get everybody rowing the boat in the same direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's dude. impossible that's in a, a band. Why and is that such a problem in bands it is, in the though, music it's world? In, it, it's like people aren't professional almost. Mm. Like they want to party too much or Egos. think it's all just, yeah. you know, oh, like we, we're going to be rock stars even though we yeah. hadn't made it yet. Yeah. Right. Like any other field, people are working their ass off to try to be the best at it. That's yeah. so James one day was talking about all the stuff he's done and all the hard work he's poured in. And we were all just sitting in the jacuzzi. <laughs> and, uh, and, and James was like, I've done this and that. I've busted my ass, man. I work hard on playing music. And, and Nick just doesn't give a shit, goes... And look, all that, and you're still in the jacuzzi with me. (laughs) (laughs) Two totally different paths, but here we are in the same jacuzzi. jacuzzi. You can go that way, or you can just land here and get in. (laughs) (laughs) Your choice. We had, it was, when we went through losing Jacob, that was a really traumatic situation and something that I'd never been through before. You know, losing somebody that close to you and someone that you were that... Um, and I know Chase's experience was even worse, you know, than yeah. anybody. So they were best friends. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, but Jacob really brought a new concept to the band, and and I got to tell a, a really, if you don't mind, no, a story man. about Jacob. Um, Jacob came in, and you know, Jacob was a guitar player, and Jacob had been passed over twice to be in the band. Um, he wanted to be in the band and we got somebody else. He wanted to be in the band and we wound up getting Zach in the band. And so he's like, holy cow, you know, when am I, when am I going to get my turn? What am I going to have to do? Play based? Uh, or, or no, no, it was, he got passed over twice because we got Zach and then we got, uh, Chase. That's how it was. Mm-hmm. And so when, um, when we finally, when Depp was leaving and I reached out to him, I said, man, you know, we got a job for you. It's not guitar. It's bass. He said, man, I'll play freaking clarinet to be in your band. I don't care. Whatever. I just want to be in the pygmies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we brought him out. And, uh, you know, that transition's weird. Not just for the yeah. band, but for the fans and stuff. And 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 you've, you've got to really 
you you have to understand that you're not replacing somebody. You're creating a new identity. That's so. Right. So he couldn't be Depp because nobody could be Depp. He had to be his own thing. So he worked really hard, and we came out, and, and we played that weekend, uh, his first weekend out. He did really well, uh, some flub-ups and stuff like that. We're high-fiving. This is great. Well, over the week, he forgot everything, literally every song, and didn't realize it. So we wind up, we're doing a grand opening for a club in Macon, Georgia. He forgot every single song. So Edens is going ballistic. That's his rhythm So section. we're playing. And I'm looking at Edens. He's like, fire him now. We're in the show. He's like, I want him fired now. I'm, I don't want to play another song. I want him fired now. He is embarrassing me. I want him fired. I'm like, I can't. We're in the show, Chris. I can't fire our bass player on stage. He's like, I don't care. I'll stop playing. He's like, I'll stop playing if you don't fire him right now. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to fire Jacob right now. So we get done. Chris is fuming. He is losing his mind because Chris. I remember that when we hired Cody. Chris is. Chris. <laughs> feel Respect is very important to Chris. Mm -hmm. And he feels like, he was look, I have invested yeah. 30 years in this brand. And if you're going to disrespect it, whether you think it's hokey or small or whatever, it means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to step into my brand and disrespect it, I don't have any time for you. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, and so I grab up Chase and uh, Jacob. I said, okay, let's go have some breakfast. Yeah. So we go out to Waffle House and uh, we sat down and Chase can verify this conversation. And I said, do I need to say anything? <laughs> and Jacob's like, nope, if I were you, I'd fire me right now. I said, well, that's not going to happen. You're not going to get fired. And that night he stayed up all night. Yes, we were rooming together, and he's for Learned, real. Relearned every single Practic song. He didn't go to bed Never that made night. another mistake. Flawless. Wow. And that just went to, and that was also when he decided to, his identity and all that kind of stuff, and he kind of changed up his look and really started to kind of define his yeah. image. Um, and that showed me what kind of person Jacob was. Yeah, put the time in. He, yes. You know he loved it. And, yeah. and not only put the time in, but understood that this was worthy of respect. Again, it doesn't matter yeah. whether you think the Velcro pigs are small time or cheese bags or whatever. It's been here for 30 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of respect that is owed that sure. entity that has existed. Well, there, and there, Jacob, there, yeah, he got it. Yeah. There, there's not a, there's not another band there. There's, there's always, there's a couple that's close, you know, we've mentioned, but when you, when you think of that, longevity when you think of that the circuit when you think of that you know you think of the velcro pygmies you really do i mean it was just it's it's been such a it was a, it's, it's always been a fucking party all oh, the pygmies are playing let's go it's gonna be a great time you know what i mean yeah of course all the chicks were there babe i love you this was before we were mm -hmm. you know all the chicks were at the shows all the stuff and it was and it was an experience it was a it wasn't just guys up there being egotistical Whatever it was a fucking show. It was man, and, and I I've got so much respect for that because that's so hard to do. I've got Big, respect for Jacob's parents. Yeah. I mean, I've uh, got a kid, oh dude, God. and I'm telling you, losing him, both of them. I mean, both losing two in one day, brothers. Yeah, you could not describe that kind of pain in words. You could not even yeah. describe it, man. Dude, uh, we couldn't even come to grips with reality 
like for at least a week to a month. We you were, feel like a piece of shit. No, You're like, we were I'm like, just his bandmate. No, we were like, way. they're still out there somewhere. Like, like they just got lost and we're going to find them. And his parents, God. they were already like, no, they're gone and it's okay. Oh my God. But it took us like It was weeks crazy. I've never just, seen that kind of faith. I did not believe that they were gone until they recovered them. I Man, just refused to so believe terrible. it. You know, it was it, it was again the most eye-opening experience that I've ever been through, yeah. from a point of sadness to a point of grace. And I you mean, can't his, not talk about it because there's cameras in your face constantly. Like they want to know yeah. how you feel, and you haven't even figured out how the fuck you feel. I don't know how I feel yet. Like give, let me process it. And people are like, "So what do you think? What do yeah, you think?" That what was do you the think? weirdest part about the whole thing is the the band exploded to this whole new level when that happened yeah nobody's ready for that they're not even ready to mourn the death of them yet yeah it just felt weird too because it's like we would have traded that uh buzz to have jacob back in heartbeat we went people revealed themselves i'm sitting at home when all this was going down and i'm in disbelief and because chase is calling me he's like man something's wrong something's wrong I can't get a hold of Jacob. Something's wrong. Like, what do you mean something's wrong? I'm like, oh, they're in that jalopy. He'll show up. And then we start to realize something is wrong. Yeah. And I get a phone call from Houston, Texas. And there's a group of people there called uh, EquiSearch. Yeah. I saw and a knock on them recently. They, they called me and said, Cam, we're on our way. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, we are on our way from Houston, Texas to find Jacob. I'm like, what are you talking about? And it just, I'm getting chills thinking about it right yeah, now that man. people cared that much. Are they who eventually found him? Yeah. No, no, no. Fishermen found him, which is what the fishermen wanted to do from the beginning. The fishermen wanted to basically line the boats up and use their sonar and just basically go and the city wouldn't let them do it. Fishermen really? would have found him earlier. Yeah, but it was weird because the, the local police... And they, they all were like they didn't want anybody else involved with any of it like they wanted it all in-house them to be the only ones doing anything it was and i don't know if, weird. i think it might have been because of tva could have been you know if if something were to be discovered that, around the dam or something yeah because yeah. they, they were well, seen near the dam well i imagine too if there's any kind of foul play they don't want anybody out there that's involved in it, yeah. covering anything up. Yeah. I imagine there's probably some legit reasons why they would do yeah. that. They they could have been recovered sooner. I'm, yeah. I'm convinced. So, but again, you know, those are the professionals. But it was so so heartwarming that people from as far away as Houston, Texas, were mm-hmm. willing to get in their vehicles and bring their horses Absolutely. and all their people up to. Do you know the story of the guy that started EquiSearch? His, huh? his dog. He, I just watched a documentary about the killing fields in Texas that's on Netflix right now. And he started EquiSearch because he never did find the uh, the remains of his daughter. And Mm. to this day, he can't find the remains. And he knows she was killed. He couldn't find the remains of her. But he started that EquiSearch thing. He he brought in all the people and started it. It's amazing. So it was personal to him. I'm sure that's why he reached out to you because of his own daughter that was was murdered. Uh, Some closure he can't get. Whenever. Yeah. 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 Whenever you are in an organization that personally impacts somebody other than just a drunken good time. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, with all of the military stuff that we do and with all the patriotism and stuff that we do. Hell, when Jacob went down, he had we had a guy come up and gave Jacob his purple heart ring. Mm. And Jacob was like, I can't take this. And the guy said, no, you're going to take it because the reason why I fought and was injured was so that people like you 
could do what you do. So you, this is more for you than for me. And when Jacob died, he had that ring on. He cherished oh. that ring. And yeah, it was, wow. and we've got, we've got a box where we keep that kind of stuff that all of these service people get. We had a guy that drove to Houston, one of the last remaining World War II veterans, drove to Houston, Texas, just to sign our flag. Is that right? He had, he'd heard about that we put the flags up every night and he drove there just to sign it. That's cool. It was just, I mean, and to be able to, our cheesy little rock and roll band, to touch lives yeah. like that really makes a difference. It, 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 that's a very motivating thing, and it makes it, it makes it matter to us that to know that what we're doing does, like you said, it's an it's an experience. Well, it's an experience, but like like I said, doing you know doing stuff like that, man. You you guys probably, and I know you appreciate it. I know you appreciate the crowds and the interactions, and David, you know, talking to you too. But you really never know, honestly how powerful you are because those people are right here in the palm of your hand and just even having a five minute conversation with somebody, man, it could be like, you know, life changing. It could be life changing. You never know what somebody's going through. Yeah. And so that's cool though. Like to have that kind of respect or, and, and for people to return that to you is that respect to you and say, Hey, look, you know, I love what you're doing. We're, you know, we want to come and do this or that. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's amazing. It keeps you, know? you going. Yeah. You know, when you look into the crowd and there's a little girl and she's got a, you know, I love Chase shirt on, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> or David's got that same shirt. Yeah, well, and David has that same shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, no. It is, and I'm going to, this, uh, David is one of those people that I feel like that, although David has been an integral part of our band, before him being a part of our band, yeah. I feel like that we were somewhat of an inspiration to David. Because I remember seeing him in the crowd yeah. and coming out and watching what we do, uh, and maybe Bert as well, mm-hmm. coming out and seeing us, and then being able to watch the way that David has now created his own musical yeah. endeavors that have been incredibly successful. Yeah. And so it's nice to know that there are occasions where the torch does get passed yeah, right? sure. and picked up. It's pretty cool to see people that get it. I mean, just mm-hmm. like he was, we were talking about before everything started rolling. Some of these musicians out there are not entertainers. And there's just a, it's such a different ball game to think yeah. that you have to nail all these notes and, and that's what's important. Man, you're competing with alcohol in a lot of cases. <laughs> and these people are like, they want to see shiny things in front of them. They're yeah. like me. I, I, if you're talking and a squirrel runs behind you, I'm on the squirrel. I'm not listening to what the hell you're saying, you know. So people operate that way these days. And you've got to entertain them more than nailing all these notes. Cleaner's uh, not a Steve Perry. He doesn't need to be. No. You can bring it, p- people that come see you don't yeah. know that you're moving a song up and down three or four <clears throat> keys to fit. They don't know about that shit. They don't care. They don't I, care about it. I, I Dude, Cam is a, such a good front man, and I've always said this yeah. my entire life. There's there's singers out there that get it. There's your Kelly Naggies. He gets it. There's Cam Fleener. He gets it. It's not about nailing those notes. It's about them taking home something yeah. and being a part of the show. He's not. You don't ever catch him staring at his shoelaces while he's up there playing. Yeah. Those songs are just commercial breaks for him. To, we were talking about how much he talks. <laughs> They're like, we'll be right back after these messages, and they'll play yeah. nothing but a good time. And then it's back. But we were laughing about he can't even get through a song. He's got to, yeah. like, after the first chorus, he's like, hey, hey I got some song. I remember when I was playing them that when I filled in with them, that's just something I'm not used to. Yeah. So I was playing it and he'll turn around to me and 
and do this number. And I was like, oh, oh that's right. Cam's got to talk. Yeah, he's yeah. got a diatribe that's going to carry five yeah, minutes. It's weird playing in this band, for sure. That, they, they didn't do that in the Glitter Boys. He wasn't like, no, I've, got a, no. I've got a diatribe to go through. And um, and I feel like it, like if, say, just Cam had to go play with three other dudes tomorrow. Oh, it, yeah. They yeah, would they would be clueless. Yeah, like, they wouldn't know the hand gestures. There's, yeah, there's just so much underlying stuff that like we do. Like we know when he's gonna talk. We know when he's gonna shut up and sing again. That's like right. all that. That was a tough situation for me too. That weekend yeah. that I played because, and I'll never forget that. Uh, I'll never. You're about forget. to take your solo. They're like, "Hey, this ain't your goddamn show, Kurt." Slow down. I remember starting. Time. I remember starting the summer of '69, and all of a sudden I hear, "Hey, hey." What the Look back at Chris. Chris is going. I'll get it to where you are right now. But by the end of the song, I'm like, dang, 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 dang. like yeah, fuck, yeah. what happened? It was, it was a roller coaster. He pushes, though. It's It yeah. works yeah. for that. It works perfect yeah. for that. Edens is the few times that we've ever played where – it, you know, there was ever any, any sort of, and we've never used a click or anything like that, but we couldn't do it. Yeah. There's no way because yeah. we are a, just a dynamic. Look, I, I got to say this though, but like we went in the studio and recorded and we played to a click. So yeah. it's not like we can't. No. Yeah. We, oh, yeah, because that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, a lot sure. of bands, they can't like, yeah. like they just, they can't play to a click. And, um, a lot of bands do it's, yeah. it is a talent within itself, but, Without the click, things can move around, and you can breathe. use yeah. those tempos to push and pull the energy. Yeah, Chris is a, he's excellent. He's, yeah, he's at really good at, he is, at, he at rolling. And you through, feel it, where you don't once you, you don't, relax into him. If you, you go back it. and listen to the music, you're yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah, if it's just audible, <laughs> you're like, oh my god, <laughs> shit, it's going on. <laughs> I mean, we're roller coaster band. <laughs> and, uh, but live, it works. Yeah, yeah, and sure. I tell people that all the time. I said, you've got to push tempos live because the people there, the energy is there. Yeah. And that's how you get that energy out of them. Mm -hmm. I remember the first Pygmy show I went to. Okay. It was at Sammy T's. Okay. But it was when it was out at Hampton Cove before they moved downtown. Yeah, you're over the mountain. Yeah. Where you could get gas yeah. after getting drunk. <laughs> yeah, behind, oh, I, yeah. I played that yeah. one. Yeah, 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 behind Taylor's Exxon. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So I remember that. And, and and I was the cocky uh, guy, you know. I think I was nineteen years old, and uh, I was like, you know, thought I was a good, you know. I was I had my acoustic gig, my play, yeah. my paying acoustic gig. At the I bench. play gigs too. That's hey, what look, was out in the crowd. The I the You guys remember? Yeah, the yes, of course, absolutely. So that was my first paying gig. I thought I was, I, I thought I was a fucking rock star. And so anyway, so I didn't understand about putting putting on a show i was just like you know i sound fantastic at the time i was good looking you know i wasn't you know overweight and she was like i've got it my buddy's like man come come watch the velcro pygmies this was in the late 90s like 98 99 something like that i was like okay cool you know i guess i'll come grace everybody with my presence you know i was i'll come be seen. cocky you know yeah. <laughs> i go check it out i've never seen that many attractive women in a venue, especially that venue. Remember, it was kind oh, of a yeah. low ceiling. Yeah. The stage was was kind of high with a low ceiling. So you're fucking packed in there. And it was like a shotgun house. It was like just straight down to the door. And um, I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is going on? You know, and that was that was in the 90s before LED lights. 
I Those were cans, I, baby. That's made, what we call I them. Made the, so look, I made the fucking mistake. We're packed in there. I'm up by the stage. Lights hit immediately. Just melts your fucking teeth. It was, like, it was so hot. I was like, oh my god, you know. I was so impressed. I was like, holy shit, this is a fucking rock show. You know, this cat comes out with some furry fucking things on his feet. I'm like, what is that? You know, in the whole time. But I honestly, like it, it, it hooked me. I was like, I realized I was like, this guy, he could have fucking shit and thrown it at somebody and they'd have loved it that night. You know what I mean? Seriously. I'm not, I'm not kidding. And it was like, okay, well, fuck this guy's got him in the palm of this fucking hand. Like, I, okay, I'm embarrassed because I don't know. No, how it was an aspect that. of the show you never thought about. I, well, like, I've just been nailing these, but songs. I've never been subjected to that. <laughs> right, right. Because I tell people all the time, if you're wanting to be a front man, go to their show <laughs> yeah. and don't watch, don't listen to it. Put, yeah. fucking put on earmuffs. Yeah. Just watch Dude. what he's doing. But I, I was so impressed, and I was like, uh, okay, well, I got to go. I got, you know, I'm making my fucking list, right? You know, you're a 19 year old fucking kid. What was your list? I'm, I'm making my list. I'm like, all right, I got to get fucking furry, furry ass fucking boots. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You just have to develop a character. I'm like, all right, furry boots, a Batman belt. I'll never forget. <laughs> he had a fucking belt on, and it was like a belt buckle. And it was the Batman symbol. Yep. He looked like <laughs> Stephen Piercy. Yeah. On purpose. But but uh, he, he looked like Stephen Piercy, <laughs> but like St- bless Stephen Pierce's heart. He's he's he looks like Well, you've aged better than Stephen. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tremendously. Yeah. But mixed with like almost a fuck this unreal, like if there was a comic book rock star superhero. That was that was that was Cam. That's funny that's you purpose. say that because he's always called it like this is superhero rock. Like that's it, what I want this band it, to be. It is, it is. And and then so they're playing and they never fucking took a break. My ass, I'm over. I was over there riding the clock at the bench warmer, right? So I was like, fuck, I've been playing 45 minutes. I'm fixed to go take a break, piss, and you know whatever. These guys were just fucking playing straight through. Then he comes out with fucking blow pops. Oh yeah. And these girls, and he's putting this shit. I was like, this fucking guy's a genius. So <laughs> mentally, mentally, I'm making this list. I'm like, fur boots, blow fucking pop. blow pops. <laughs> yeah. Lots of blow pops. <laughs> yeah, a bushel of blow pop. And, and I'm sitting there like, Jesus Christ, you know. And But you can – I'm leading to something, I promise. So <laughs> what I'm meaning – shut the fuck up. So what I'm meaning is <laughs> – Everybody, dude, you 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 left that impression on me. I realized I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but and still don't. But it was it was almost like okay, this this fucking guy looks like this fucking rock star, whatever. And here I am, because I immediately I went there like thinking, oh, this you know, this hose bags. This is gonna be fucking douchey. What and he's saying is you inspired him to quit playing music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, seriously. So I, I, honestly, it, it let me know I didn't know. I was like about entertainment. Like anybody could fucking play half a, a guitar halfway and sing or whatever to really entertain a crowd and to really have them hooked to where every fucking time you're in that city, it's a party and they're there and you've done that. 
for 372 years. Mm-hmm. I certainly have. <laughs> that, no, but seriously, for as long, what, 30 years now? Yeah. What, 30, 32 years? Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's well, without the fortune and fame, we're like Kiss. I mean, you know, yeah. we you know we've yeah. been around freaking forever. We're yeah, man. Um, and but but yeah. fans should demand that, don't you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah, when they, you that's... go to see these bands and they don't entertain you. No, you say, yeah. I tell, hey guys, I want my, I money, want my money back. We back. tell our audiences <laughs> when we perform for yeah. them, do not accept less than what you're getting from us. Yeah, and and other bands get pissed off. I'm like, guys, I'm trying to build our industry. Mm. If you're not, if you don't get any better, we're not going to get fans. We're not going to get them. And I don't care if you're a, a Get Sideways fan or a Pygmy fan or, or mustache, a US fan. They, they, be a fan. Yeah, yeah. Be a fan of that band. Yeah. You know, where the kids wearing the, you know, used to wear Kiss t-shirts or, yeah. you know, you would have that divide, Motley Crue kids and Poison kids. I mean, yeah. that was that feud. It's not there anymore. No. You know and, something that was told to me. But I, you know, I switched to bass. You know, everything that happened with Downstroke. I was, oh, yeah. I was leaving, and I ended up going to bass after Chase Lexi died and all that. And I'm not gonna mention a name here, even though everybody's gonna know who he is. So I was back in the green room in Valdosta, and you talking about Opatulio? Yeah. Okay. I ain't and we're say we're it, talking though. about the shows and stuff like that. And good guitar player. I'm playing bass. And I was like, well, the thing is, man, it's really about the show. Because I always get my guitar lower. I can't play that low. I can't. I fuck up when I'm playing that yeah. low. But I was like, man, it's really about the show doing what we're doing. It's really not about how well you play. It's about the show you put on. And his response was, well, I guess that's why I took your job. Hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, look, to be fair, that guy had a really tough week. Because from the time he got there... Me and Kerry Murphy made so much fun of him the entire time to his face. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, he walked up. He had a he had a satchel. I was like, yeah. I said, "Oh, cool, man. You big Indiana Jones fan, or just like carrying purses? What's up? It's a purse. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And that was the running joke the whole time. Oh, that guy hated. Amongst us who get it on this circuit, yeah. if you show any bit of weakness, oh, it's it's done. If there's blood in the water, <laughs> I find out that he's insecure about something. Yeah. Oh, it's on. Oh, it's my t- God. <laughs> yeah. It is nothing. It consumes my brain until I get it How out can of, I destroy that? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please show a little bit of weakness with that lazy eye of yours. Please let me know it bothers you. Please. That's all I'm waiting for. I'm, I'll get a whole production crew. I'll empty out my 401k to make fun of you. Yeah, you're sensitive about something. I just had, I'm not going to say your name, but I just had that conversation with a guy this morning mm. that got upset about something I said. I was like, hey, man, don't let me know. You're obviously not on the team because if you can't <laughs> take it, you don't have thick skin. You don't need to be hanging around with us, man. We're poor little soul. Uh, we, we ran into them in some parking lot of the hotel one time. We'd both gotten done playing, and all the guys in his band are trying to tell him that he's got a bald spot. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, like, dude that is a you know mean job, hours man. I spent in looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, all we want to do like, is just catch him in the mirror looking, and we've won. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, dude, y'all are mean. Like, you joke on somebody like that, this is going to happen to you. Oh, oh dude. Yeah. Calm, Can you imagine man. girls doing that to each other? Sally, you fat bitch, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would just like stick forever. They would be running uh, on a treadmill till they died. Like the way guys talk to each other is so fucking funny. Dude, we uh, used to have these trampolines on stage. Yeah. And we would jump off of them and go uh. way in the air. And there was this girl, because Cam sometimes will get bartenders on stage to serve drinks off yeah. the stage. Well, she gets up there and goes to jump off of it. And we had just jumped on it too much. And the thing 
broke. Oh. And, and, and this girl jumped on yeah. it. <laughs> so you know that she's probably I know what you're thinking. She's anorexic now, probably. Right, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, that, that, that woman is she didn't do well. She's in a therapist's office yeah, today definitely. because of that. Yeah. We, we're hitting those tramps and getting ten feet in the air and hitting those tramps, and she got up there and hit it once and it just caved in. <laughs> <laughs> And, and we're like, the psychological like, warfare. She wasn't oh going. Oh my god! Like, oh my yeah, god! She's a total normal chick. And we had we we played this club in Dallas, and they made us take a break. And we don't take breaks. Pygmies don't take breaks. And I'm it's just, hard to get that energy back. I'm up. freaking yeah. pissed off. Yeah. And and they're like, well, man, we you know we can't sell drinks, you know, because everybody's at the stage and the bar's back there. And I'm like, it's not my problem. So, right. I, so the state, it's called the Glass Cactus. Place is massive. Yep. So I went and I said, all right, let's do this. I want to bar on the stage. And they're like, we can't do that. I'm like, let's make that happen. So finally, they said, all right, you idiot, we'll give it a try. So we had a full bar, bartender, and server on stage with us for the entire show. Made a fucking fortune. They, it was crazy. Yeah. And so it's a, it was a, a concept that nobody had ever seen done before. Because it had never been done before. We made it up. Right. And so everybody is freaking out. They're like, oh, my God, I can get served off the stage? So I just got this server, just whatever you want. She's yeah. just working around, serve it up. And, and I told the front row, I said, here's the rules of this game. Hip, hip, you hip. get two. Okay? <laughs> so if you order a, a long neck Coors and you're empty, she will bring you another one immediately, whether you want it or not. Okay, and you are obligated for that second drink. At that point, you can tell her, I don't want another one. But mm -hmm. you're always obligated for two. And people really got into the VIP aspect of that. Because right. they'd finish their whatever, their mixed drink and set it down. Boom, she's there with another one. They're like, all right, yeah. this is nice. She was making $25,000, $3,000 in tips every time we played there. Uh, that's amazing. They wound up carting her off to Dubai. Uh, <laughs> so, really? yeah. Yeah, they put her on salary. It was. I mean, it was. That wasn't the girl that hit the trampoline. Nah, nah. Uh, the girl that hit the trampoline was one that had taken her place. Yeah, and uh, and hit the trampoline. But I want to go back to something you said. Sure. And I'm about to. I'm going to piss off the entire industry here. Okay. That's all right. And I, I know we don't care, but American Idol, The Voice, and America's Got Talent has killed bands. It's killed them. Oh yeah. Okay, because of what you just said. All right. Chris, you know Chris Saint Germain was on The Voice. It's and, and let was, me tell you, was, let me tell you why. I'm, I'm just fucking. Oh uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, like, let me tell you why. What? Let me tell you why. Yeah. Because all it focuses on is singing one song and a fucking sad ass story that's made the fuck exactly up. Exactly right. And know. that is think about the bands that were superstars. Would Bob Dylan have made it on The Voice? Fuck no. Would Springsteen make it on The Voice? No. Mick Jagger? No. no. Our no. superstars would have never made it through that yeah. and so we have put all of this emphasis on this little moment in time yeah. whenever what you said yeah. that ain't what mattered David Lee you think David Lee Roth would have made it on The Voice <laughs> they would have shit on him come on <laughs> amazing to fucking see that break. Though, he would have been showcased as one of the terrible ones oh you know? yeah He'd okay. be like, the, they focus on the, how he how good the how definitive good. rock star of yeah. our time is David Lee Roth oh 100% would have never in a million years made it through first round on any of that stuff and I hate that because their track record's terrible on them shows anyway. So but what? Their track record on them shows. You never oh, yeah. hear about those. So yeah, look, they just disappear. The, the first what six years, those people still now. 
the person who ever won American Idol last year is fucking bagging groceries yeah, at who the knows? Dollar General. You know, yeah, nobody even, fucking being knows. an entertainer is what matters. Yeah, exactly. And that is an art that is lost. Yeah. Well, the what we grew up with had the entertainment value. Yep. And the talent. It had both. Yep. And that's what we don't have now. You either got nope. the talent or you got the entertainment, and that's how you, you got. got these people that are putting out music videos, and then you go see them live, and you're like, they oh, suck. God, dude, they mm. sound so bad. Let me ask you. Let me ask you guys a question, real quick. Steven Tyler or Dave Lee, Dave Lee Roth? David Lee Roth. I mean, now, honest, I'll, I'll concede that Steven Tyler is more talented. Talking to your mic, but. Um, yeah, pull that mic. Here you go. <laughs> Steven Tyler is more talented overall, but David Lee Roth is the definitive rock star. He is the I definitive can, I can rock agree man. with that. Do you agree with that, Chase? Yeah, I could agree with that. David, what yeah, do you think? Steven Tyler is much more talented, but yeah. but to the person that doesn't play music, I could see Dave entertaining them more. Mm. David How about Roth. David Lee Roth breaking his nose doing that? Oh, what a you fucking... That? Well, yeah. What a wow! Door. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, God, there was blood everywhere on TV. Y'all remember him doing that? What the hell? Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he caught yeah. himself in the nose. Now, hey, look, I've been playing drums before. Definitely caught myself in the nose with a drumstick. And my eyes started, like, started crying. Like, Ooh, did anybody see that? <laughs> it happened so fast, I know they didn't, but you swear when it happens, it's, everybody was Somebody like, hey, buddy, to. we saw that. Yeah, I might have changed my answer on that, though, because yeah. actually Steven Tyler, I think, has kind of outlasted David Lee Roth. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. oh, without a um, doubt. He's yeah, kind of kept it together for longer. Yeah. So I can't, David I can't in his prime would win. Yep. Dave okay. and his prime would win, but overall, I think Steven Tyler might have it. If y'all tried to sit through Rogan with David Lee Roth on it, is mm. he's one of those. He needs th- to be reined in. Dude, like, people that laugh after stuff they say, like, is it funny? Like, yeah. I went to the store today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, does that? It makes me so socially awkward, you know? And he does that. He says stuff that's not funny, and he's you're waiting on him to quit laughing. You're like, who, who's your audience that you're laughing this hard for? Have y'all noticed him doing that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all got to watch the. I mean, if you can make it through it. Yeah, he's him right. Rogan is, he said, if you can fucking just make hey, it through it, piece of shit. <laughs> God, it's not funny, man. Not Not funny, Dave. Yes, Stevie can still sing his fucking ass. Oh yeah, too, man. But even he has bad. That reminds me of this quote that he had. It's uh, (laughs) if you're digging it, how can they not? Yeah. David Lee Roth. Yeah. All right, look. Oh, Roth. oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, said if you're not digging it, how? Or if you are digging it, how can they not? That's right. Yeah, he's. I mean, he 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 was the rock star. Look, the you guys defender. were on a desert island. You could only have one album. You had only two to choose from, though. So you kind of fucked. Kiss, or Van Halen. Which one? I'd probably go with Kiss. Me too. Me too. What about you? Yeah. If you'd asked me that question. Two months ago, mm-hmm. I would have said Van Halen. And the reason why I would change because there's a DJ at the furniture factory. Mm-hmm. And whenever we're there, he plays all kiss mm-hmm. when we're there. And it's been a real rediscovery for me yeah. hearing those songs. Yeah. And thinking, oh my God, those guys were really great. Yeah. What do you think is the best era of Kiss? 70s or 80s? Oh, 70s, 70s, 70s yeah, kids. I'm 80s. Hot in the shade. Which I like looking at. I mean, I love yeah. Crazy Nights. Like, oh, that's such yeah. an awesome song and dude, everything. 80s Kiss was him, dude, off stage. I know on stage, Paul Stanley is hilarious. Yeah. And, like, I've heard, you've heard those audio files of 
his front house engineer made where it's just nothing him talking between songs. But the off-stage off Paul Stanley curled up with girls all around going, <laughs> you know, when we started this band. <laughs> like that, that, that off-stage Paul Stanley voice is so funny to me. That's from that uh, decline of Western yeah, yeah, civilization. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Anybody that hasn't seen that, it's a must-watch. Oh, Chris yeah. Holmes in the fucking pool with yeah. vodka and his mom's uh, out there trying to get him out. Or whatever. You got Gene Simmons doing his interview in the lingerie store. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fredericks of Hollywood or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Gene, man, that guy, he's uh, he's different. You know him, he's Gene different. Simmons, and the, there, there's two musicians that I think have truly exploited their brand, and that's mm-hmm. Brett Michaels and Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two guys have definitely expanded and exploited what they created. Just because you know Vince Neil. They didn't do it. You know, I mean, you know, it, 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 there's just nobody that exploited their brand. When you've got Kiss on everything, yeah, that's true. surfboards, skateboards, yeah. lunchboxes, and then Brett Michaels really learned that as well and yeah. put it on everything. You got dog collars and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So those two guys really are inspirational in that regard to take that brand and then exploiting it into, into an empire, really. I got back into Kiss probably like two years ago. I bought a – I got into – buying classic vans like the 70s tricked out vans my wife fucking hates them she won't even ride on them she's embarrassed of them <laughs> so much so i gave i gave david the last one <laughs> but yeah, it's I like, one. I see there, there's thing. nothing cooler than, like than, than, than riding around in those vans with your buddies <laughs> blaring some kiss or edgar winter or you do know, all the cool stuff from the 70s it's almost like it it wants it you know yep. what i mean it's like that vibe man and uh, I started listening to them a lot, and I was like, "Man, I forgot." It's kind of like what you were saying. Like, I forgot how many bad ass songs they had. Crazy! It's unreal. So good. And to think too about the time frame that yeah. they came out in. Like when I was a kid learning guitar, I remember thinking, "Why? Why do people think Jimi Hendrix is so good?" Yeah. But looking yeah. back on it, for when he came out, he was oh, light yeah. years ahead past well, everybody. Sure. And so, Kiss for the time that they came out. Was just like on another planet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with the makeup geez. and everything, the theatrics. Just, that's that's yeah. what got yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, I Ace Freely, like man. he would like have the guitar levitate up, yeah. and then would shoot it with a rocket off his other guitar. <laughs> like it's just crazy. insane stuff. It's good. It's hokey, but it's great. But they had the songs that hooked you the fuck yep. in. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. What was that fucking pile of shit movie they made though? Jesus oh yeah, Christ. yeah, the Phantom of the Park. Yeah, I watched the shit out of it though. There's this guy on YouTube that took the fight scenes from that yeah. and like did his own CGI and stuff and made him look like Star Wars lightsaber fights. That's great. But that's awesome that yeah. they did that they exploited that, yeah. you know, and do yeah, that in the comic tried. books and mm-hmm. stuff. And What's the album they they uh, are they are terribly embarrassed of? Something like The Elder. Yes. Was that was that disco era? Was that no, no, it was a it concept was a, it album? It was a concept album that was beyond terrible. Really? But they own it. But They're you know like, the yeah, thing whatever. is to be able to survive, yeah, to survive sure. those yeah, mistakes. That grenade. <laughs> I mean, Going most fans could not survive uh, something like that. What, right. what do you guys think? Is it over with? Four. Music. Like, Hell no. It doesn't have no. to be. Will there, ever, will there ever be another Kiss? Will no. there ever be another Van Halen? No. Will there tell ever you, be another... I'll tell you what there will be. Every what? generation thinks their music 
yeah. was the best generation yeah. of music ever. You know why yeah. they think that? They think today's music's bullshit. It's not bullshit. There's mm. people out there fingering girls to Twenty One Pilots. Like they're gonna, <laughs> first, they're always be that genre of music. Yeah, that you just quit after this decade. You quit paying attention to new music. That's true. All your memories are tied to get to all this stuff that happened in this ten years. Yeah. They're not making shit music now. Yeah, They're making great. It's easier to make great music now. You can make it for a very small budget, and you can yeah, yeah, have people true. at the other side of the world listening to it within an hour of making it. It's mm. it's amazing what you can do now. But every generation will always say, "Man, they don't make music like they used to." It's my yeah. shit. Yeah, it's because that's when you you know you got married, and from that day forward, you quit giving a shit about life and listening to new music and <laughs> meeting new people and. <laughs> banging chicks like all that stuff that you were doing while that music was being created put these memories in your head and made yeah. you think well that was the only era that mattered it is the only merit uh, era that mattered to you you right. selfish fucking prick i still think look look I'm but that's what this. people think like the, like, hey don't sugarcoat it yeah, yeah. yeah. Really you okay fail. man you need a break think, yeah take a breath i ate too many mushrooms guys i'm sorry <laughs> but with that said yeah. charlie i don't think i don't think that today's society would ever allow there to be an Elvis or a Prince or a no, Michael Jackson. Fuck no, well, man. the social media um, stuff kind I of think, complicates it. I think it. everything is so disposable and so attention spans are so short. I mean, now we live in a TikTok world that's 15 yeah. seconds, you know. And there's whereas, no mistake anymore. You know, imagine some of these artists that didn't break through until their fifth album. Mm. I mean, nowadays you get one single. If it yeah. don't work, you're done. And so yeah. those personalities like a Michael Jackson, I don't think could exist anymore. No, you couldn't yeah. curate that. Well, you can't, I don't think it you could can't reach that I think level the music's anymore. still great, but I don't think the personalities Michael could Jackson, exist. And you said Prince, like Prince especially too, like because he was kind of still the last one, like, you know. and Iconic. Yeah, man. Well, they won't allow you. You're not allowed to get to that level anymore. You get to a certain point, and you're not cool anymore. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Once you reach that point, uh, well, everybody else likes you. Nickelback. So Nickelback. Taylor Swift. Is, Taylor Swift. Dude, Nickelback. Nickelback, free. man. Like, Nickelback, you know? Everybody says they hate Nickelback, yeah, but, I somebody, love them. but somebody's buying all their CDs. All their, <laughs> I, I, I promise you, I love them. And what people that hate on them, <laughs> I'll have them on this podcast yeah. and I'll destroy them, dude. You're crazy. <laughs> all the right reasons. That's such a great album. It is a great Sonically, album. Sonically, it's produced yep. so well. And, and, and look, if Chad Kroger's voice makes you want to punch a baby, that's one thing I yeah. see that I understand that, but man, they're a great band with great songs. And you go yeah. to see them live, and they will knock your dick in the dirt. Oh, I've seen I them dare live. you to go see Nickelback. I've seen them live two or three times. One time, uh, one show I tell you it was a great show it was Nickelback and Three Days of Grace and Breaking Benjamin. I Is love that the one where Breaking they, Benjamin when they started the t they start the show by letting off a concussion bomb in the Civic Center and house lights drop at the same time and you swear to God an airliner's hit the Coliseum <laughs> you're don't like remember. I don't know what just happened but I guess the yeah. show's over <laughs> I guess it's all over but man that's the way they started their shows yeah. Like, no heads up. Everybody, we're just all talking, sipping our beers, and this guy, go boom! And the lights go out, and you're like, holy shit. And then a heartbeat starts on the stage. That's how they started their show. I was like, man, I am in. Take my money. Yeah, they, uh, what about, or Steel Panther? How many times have you guys ever seen Steel Panther live? Yeah, we oh, saw, yeah I think we saw them once, yeah. In Birmingham, I've never yeah. got to see them live. So fuck they're a comedy guys. show. The problem but. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with Steel yeah. Panther, but to me they're a one trick pony. Sure, um, they're just dirty. 
Mm. And that's their thing. And it's clever. And you listen to their songs. And my thing with Steel Panther is some of their songs, if they weren't dirty, would be awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, they are incredibly yeah, very talented. talented. But mm. it's it's that's their gimmick. That's their thing. Yeah. And you it's a it's a one trick pony. I mean, they're yeah. just a, they they are. And again, I know that they're exploiting this, but sure. the image that we put out there are characters, but I put the character out there out of respect. Sure. I'm not making fun of it. Yeah. And there's a lot of these bands that I get a really bad taste in my mouth mm. when they put on the spandex and the fake wigs and they're, you know, they've got some cheesy ass bullshit name about, you know, they hyper focused on one aspect you know, of it and missed the whole boat. And, and I'm like, yeah. dude, these bands were awesome. And yeah. I know that you're making fun of the cheesiness and the teased up hair and stuff. It means something to me. Mm-hmm. You know, those bands mattered to me. Yeah. And even though they look good and they wore tight pants and they teased their hair up. And I really get when people turn it into a novelty show really bothers me. Yeah. Um, I have respect for Steel Panther, the success they've had. Uh, but it is kind of a one trick pony kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. D- David's right, though. I mean, and, and uh, yeah, I think you said it too, but they probably. If they would have put out an actual, you know, album without the, they are they just you know. Oh, should, I think that they could doing, usher back in yeah. this type right of music. They're yeah. doing right now under a different band name, I think. Oh, really? They're recording an album right now. Wow, with J. Because it is, they are amazing. You know, they should come up with a song called Road Load. Edens came up with it. You know what Road Load is? It's the name of his case company. But this is a funny story how he came up with the name. You know what a road load is? Mm-hmm. You've been out with the guys playing shows all weekend and you had you can't isolate yourself enough to jerk off. Yeah. So when you get home, that first one you blow it about takes your head off. <laughs> it's called a road load. <laughs> the road load. <laughs> That's how you got the name. So if you'll notice when you order cases from Chris Eddins, which you should if you need road cases, any musicians, but his logo is just, it's all gooey and all the road load yeah, cases. The pot I never knew that. We had load. cases from him. I didn't, I didn't know that. Look at the, uh, uh, yeah, the logo. Got road, there's road load cases everywhere now. Luke yeah. Lyons got them. I mean, everybody. That's all awesome. the big time guys have them now, too. Yeah, he was telling yeah. us about some of these guys like Luke Bryan that their backstage area at their shows is just a full on. Like circus, like they yeah. got bars set up and all, oh, yeah. all this cr- exercise yeah, equipment. Just, yeah, full gyms. They move it everywhere they go. Crazy. They're still they're they're still living the rock star '80s backstage life. I think so a lot of what these country is now. Yeah. Yeah, is. I mean, my God, they're all it. '80s rockers. I mean, yeah. holy yeah. cow. It's just, it, it, it's my. They're just like us, Thursday, Friday, Saturday guys. You know? Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I tell people all the time that that if you look at music, at and, and uh, there's no science behind this. Sure. But when the 90s hit, and as far as I feel, superhero rock died, something exploded, and it was called professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so I think that everyone transitioned. They had nowhere to go musically, so they all went because all of the wrestlers looked like rock stars. Yes. They looked like I 80s was rock just stars. thinking about the same thing. They That's all and so you, you wound that. up, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> there were no pretty girls in music videos anymore. So yeah. everybody went to CMT because CMT captured all the hot chicks. Right. So all the girls were on CMT. So then all of a sudden, rock started to die in that 
situation, yeah. professional wrestling exploded and so did country music. And now us that are in the rock business are trying to bring it back. Yeah. We're trying to recapture what was stolen from See, I, I feel like I experienced that in reverse. Because when I was a kid, I got into wrestling really big. And I loved all the flamboyant, big personalities, over-the-top stuff. Are you saying wrestling? You know it's called wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. You're from Hattiesburg. Yeah. Quit no, talking so like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, um, all the new music that was coming out, yeah. I thought it was cool, but it was missing something that all that 80s stuff had. Yeah, and so that's what like I've discovered all the '80s stuff and was like, whoa, like why aren't they doing this anymore? Yeah, man, I quit watching wrestling in the, I think it was late '90s for me that when when uh, WCW, NWO, all that stuff, you know, that was that was the that peak, was hype, the pinnacle, WWF all in the '80s through the early '90s, you know, Ultimate Warrior. There's a reason you were into it, man. They were mistreating the shit out of themselves. They're all dying now. And oh yeah, dude, they murdering were. people like that's, <laughs> that, that industry absolutely pillaged those. No, guys, you're, yeah, dude, yeah, so you're bad. Trying. It's crazy to think about because they have similar lifestyles. Like they oh, travel yeah, a, road, a lot. Dude. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. You talk about Conrad's podcast, yeah. he has where he yeah. has those guys on, and they talk about some of the stuff backstage. I was like. It, they were just another band out yeah. there doing that, some shit. Yeah. 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 Oh, I got a, I got a, a good story for you wrestling. We would play Club La Vila oh, spring yeah. break. And and that's they all the wrestlers were down. Well, we were there when they announced the merger. Hmm. So we were there in Panama City. So Ric Flair was down there. Ric Flair shows up didn't have his costumes. So they had to have somebody Taylor. go to Pensacola to get his costumes, and Chris did it. So Edens went and rescued Ric Flair's costumes oh, wow. out of Pensacola so that he could come out and do the whole Ric Flair thing. So That's good. kind of a little Chris Edens, Ric Flair claim. seems to be the guy at the right, right place at <laughs> the right time all the time, it sounds I do, like. I do have a question for you, Charlie, real sure. quick. So let's say hypothetically that my good friend Dave Lynham yeah, needed to go to the bathroom right now. I mean, dude, I am yeah. about to. Would 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 I need to ask permission for I, that? I've been or? watching that fucking foot right there. Well, dude, dude, ask permission. Look, 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 about about forty five minutes ago, he. Had I to can piss. taste it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it is up here, oh my you God. can't leave yet. We He's actually let's we actually need the to door's wrap locked. It. Let's, yeah, wrap, actually, it up. let's wrap, wrap it up. So, Cam. We knew this Chase. was going to be a long one. This yeah, <laughs> we knew it was. So thank you guys for being Man, here. Man, it's an honor being here. Thank you all for letting us be a part of it. Um, yeah. Just all the best to the podcast. I know it's going to be super, and we're glad to be here. It's just amazing. And thank you for everything that you've sure. done uh, for Reach and Teach. It, wow. It's going to make a big impact in oh, a lot of kids' lives. We're glad to do it, man. So tune in next time. Like I said, hit that like and subscribe button. Drop us a comment. Go see Cam. Where are you guys playing uh, next weekend? Well, now we are going to be in uh, Tuscaloosa on Friday there you go. at Rhythm and Brews, and then we will be in Florence, Chase's hometown, yeah. uh, on uh, Saturday at Florida. Cool. Go check them out, VelcroPigmies.com. That's it. And we'll see you guys real soon. Take care.